Drama City Productions presets. Immersion Rig now online. Welcome, nerd. Now generating episode 80. Featuring horror, comics, movies, wrestling. Full immersion begins in 3, 2, 1. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. This is the Amazing Nerd Show. So, Christian. After only a week, Midsummer has already been unseated as the most terrifying thing I've seen this year. How so? I saw the Cats trailer today. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck this trailer... Like, I saw a screenshot, like, just kind of, like, in my stream, and I thought it was, like, the sequel for, like, Avatar or something. At first, I was like, what the hell is this? And then I clicked on it, and I was like, oh, it's Cats. They made those things look so fucking terrifying. I swear to God, if like one, if I ever saw one of those things on the street, I would like run and get a bad <laughs> like, or just run the other way screaming. Like, they, I don't know what they were thinking. I saw it pop up. I didn't watch it. Uh, oh, I had to watch. It. <laughs> I had to watch it. The CG is weird. Like, I can't tell if it's just like really good practical effects gone awry. Or just, like, weird CG. Like, their faces are in, like, the costumes, but it looks like you could almost see, like, the seam for some reason. Mm -hmm. Like, they're maybe being, like, superimposed onto the costume or, like, you know, bodies or something. I have no idea. But something about it is just unsettling to me. (laughs) Like, they're all two, like, I guess they're actually, like, two scale of, like, actual cats. So they're interacting with, like, you know... Like, yes. What? Like, they're interacting with, like, larger scale, like, you know, uh, backgrounds and scenery and everything like that. So they're, like, you know, tiny little, like, cat humanoid people, like, bouncing on fucking, like, giant beds and shit. Like, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. It, it's, it, it feels like Sonic the Hedgehog, that trailer, like, mm. multiply it by ten. Like, Jesus. it literally <laughs> gave me the creeps. <laughs> I don't know how people are reacting to it right now. Um, and I remember, like, Cats back in the 80s, like, I believe that's when it was originally released. It was a big fucking deal. Like, it was like, you know, what Hamilton is, like, today, you know, without the, like, you know, social importance or anything. But, like, it was, like, like huge. Mm. I remember kids wearing, like, Cats t-shirts, like, to school and shit. Um, but, yeah, no, this feels like just a misfire. And it's got a huge cast. Like, a huge no, cast. They've been, like, promoting, like, the uh, behind-the-scenes type stuff all week. Really? Oh, I trailer. didn't even know. I didn't know shit about it, man. Like, Taylor Swift's been going on yes. and on about it. Yes. Uh, do we know what studio's behind this? I have no clue, man. I've got no information. <laughs> <laughs> I will not watch another fucking trailer. I'm going to stay the fuck away from it, because it, it was unsettling, man. It really was. <laughs> uh, just something about the... I don't know, singing and dancing weird cat people that just got me. It's Tom Hooper who did King's Speech and Les Miserables. Like, I can't say how. Les Mis. Les Mis, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know, man. I like like musicals, but I'm going to stay away from this one. Mm. So, um, you know. 
Fair enough. So, <laughs> feels like a porn parody waiting to happen. To <laughs> oh, someone's already writing. Ah, uh, yes. No, it's disturbing. It's like <laughs> it actually looks like the porn parody of like cats. Oh, like Lord. it was. Yeah, it's badly done. <laughs> so, not that I've ever watched one of those. Um, but yeah. So yeah, Avatar two. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I feel like James Cameron could do a good Cats movie. Oh, uh, I don't... He basically did. Is that what Avatar is? Is that a blue cat movie? Eh, they're like blue humanoid cats. I guess. They are. Who's to say? Pretty much. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Avatar. Anyway. <laughs> Alright, Jamie, we got another great episode for them. We got plenty of news to talk about. Plenty of wrestling but what should they do before? Yes. Uh, go ahead. Make sure before you listen to all this great content we got lined up for you, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on all your favorite platforms that you listen to podcasts. means a lot to our show. Yes. Um, you know, it keeps a little show like us going. So, you know, make sure you go ahead and do that. Um, but let's move on to the news, man. Yes. What do we got up first? Well, first we got... Thor news. We have um, Thor uh, Ragnarok's director, Taika Waititi, returning for the fourth Thor film. Fourth, fourth. I know. <laughs> Easy for you to say. <laughs> Thor number four. Yes. Num- did I say Thor number four? Yes, okay. Yes, you're okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so, but yeah, no, I. I was excited about this. I love Thor Ragnarok. I felt like he did so much for that character. Um, I love everything that happened in Endgame with the character. Mm. So, hell yeah. I'm, I'm excited for this news. I guess he was working on the Project Akira, um, which has been just in fucking like... Pre- which I think is interesting. He's a weird director to do Akira. Well, that like. movie has been like pre-production hell for like, I feel like the mm. last decade, if not longer. I think Spielberg at one point wanted to make that movie. So, um, but anyway, so... He, it seems like another setback for that movie, which is too bad. Um, but it's good for us Marvel fans. So, I, I where would you like to see them take Thor? I know he was with the Guardians one last time we saw him, mm-hmm. and it seemed like he would be part of the Guardian sequel. I'm assuming that the Guardian sequel would have to come out first. Yeah, so and that's I think that's going. in pre-production, mm-hmm. maybe or maybe Suicide Squad is wrapping up and they're about to be. In so I know Gunn is dead, or he already has the script. So and I don't know if he planned for Thor to be in this. Mm. Um, <laughs> although something interesting came out, I heard, and we're going to go down a rabbit hole for a second. But I guess Marvel actually already like rehired Gunn, like mm. months before they even <laughs> announced it. it. So I'm hoping <laughs> that means he actually had some kind of input with uh-huh. Endgame, because um, I was wondering how that would line up. Because the way they kind of set up, you know, the next Guardians movie in Endgame. So hopefully, you know, they at least got some notes or something like that. Because it will be a weird transition if all of a sudden we see, like, Guardians 3 and Thor is just not there. Mm-hmm. You know, unless they decide to address that in the next Thor movie. So, we shall see. I don't know. where. What is there to do with Thor right now? I have no clue. <laughs> Other, because, I mean, we wanted to see, you know, like, Natalie Portman take up the role but i don't know that's i feel like this is a weird I transition feel for like if thor was going to be unworthy it would have happened mm-hmm. by now with all like the events that you know transpired over the last couple movies but i guess there's definitely a storyline where maybe by the end of the movie he's unworthy and you can get like jane mm-hmm. foster stepping in 
I mean, it'd be a great way to bring Natalie Portman back into like the fold and maybe they're already in talks with her, you know, cause she did make the brief appearance in Endgame. So, um, I don't know I, I, th- that to me, that's like the big storyline I'd like to see them kind of play with. And like Thor could obviously still be part of the movie and everything like that. But, you know, it seems like he's going to be on kind of like a journey to like find himself. You know, that's kind of how I took, you know, the end of mm-hmm. Endgame with him taking off with Guardians and everything like that. Um, and him giving the keys of the castle literally to Valkyrie. So um, I'm intrigued. I want to I want to figure out what the next chapter is. You know, and then, like I said, with this director on board, I, I'll be there first day, no problem. Would you have him earthbound or stay in the? No, I feel like he needs to be. Yeah, let him adventure off in space. Let's get some cosmic characters going mm-hmm. and everything. That's why I felt like it'd be perfect for him to hang out with the Guardians for the next movie. You know, mm-hmm. and I was actually kind of looking forward to that. So I hope that's still in the cards. You know. There's just so much humor to go along Yes, with. yes. Him and Star-Lord mm. just going back and forth and everything. I mean, those interactions are just gold on screen. So, And I'd like to see James Gunn like tackle Thor, you know, in his current like carnation. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be really awesome. So, But I, I'm not sure. But we shall see. Uh, we got uh, X-Men animated uh, series news. Woo! A possible reimagining happening. Um, by the uh, creator of the last Voltron, uh, Voltron and the Legendary uh, Defenders, the uh, last series that was on Netflix. I don't know if it's still ongoing right now, um, but uh, Joaquin Dos Santos is um, rumored to be um, part of the project. So he is going to be, he did, you know, Voltron, uh, mm. Legendary Defenders, and then he's supposed to be directing the next Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse so I mean, he he's a big lore guy. I mean, mm-hmm. what um, Voltron's done is I haven't watched the whole series; it's just little bits and pieces. But man, does he like put everything really in that? And it's it's critically mm-hmm. acclaimed. So people really love that series and everything. And then you were saying that he did stuff with uh, Last Airbender also. Uh, yes, Last Airbender and uh, Legend of Korra. I believe he was a producer on. Okay, and then he also worked on Justice League Unlimited too at some point. So. I mean, he definitely has the creds, yes. you know, to tackle <laughs> X-Men. And I love the original animated series. Um, there was I, there was reports when they had their anniversary a couple years ago that the original creators were talking about, like, you know, reviving, you know, the series. So well, that makes sense. It takes years to do an animation. So. But I don't know if that's changed since then. Mm-hmm. You know, that was never confirmed. It was just kind of in talks. So, but either direction, I'm fine. So, because they were actually the original creators, I guess at some panel were saying that they like even have a storyline to kind of pick up where they left off with the original series, which I don't know if I necessarily knew that. But um, yeah, so I guess he tweeted something out um, over the um, last no, couple days. I would hope that it would be like a restart. it. Yeah, I, I think I'd like to see that too. Mm-hmm. Maybe have those characters, those ninety, that nineties roster, mm-hmm. but then yeah, give give us some fresh new stories and everything. Like Just that. not Jubilee, you know. Just... No, man, come on. <laughs> she was a fucking like yes. main focus of that. <laughs> I love Jubes. Come on, man. <laughs> give me more Jubilee, Sparkle Fingers. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, would you like to see the original voice actors come back? I think they're all still working. So. I mean, I wouldn't mind Logan's continuing. And like that guy, he had a fucking run with that character because mm. he was like every version of that character animated. You know what wasn't bad was uh, Wolverine and the X-Men. That series from like maybe, 
I think maybe like eight years ago at this point. Mm. That was, I don't know if you caught any of that. I don't that. think I did. It was actually pretty good. It, I don't feel like it gets enough credit. Like, it really tackled some serious, like, X-Men-like lore. Is that the series. the high school-based one, or is that a different No, one? no, 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 no. Uh, I don't remember the name of that one. That <laughs> one was at, It got better at, like, actually, oh. the couple, like, the last couple seasons. This one starts off with, like, uh, Jean Grey's death. And then they like go into like like Cyclops is this like brooding nest and everything and like Wolverine's kind of like taking up like leadership, but they go like they take a deep dive into like some serious back issues mm-hmm. and like you know storylines that the X Men did. So it's a it's a fun series. It only lasted like a couple seasons, I believe, but it's worth checking out. I believe it was called Wolverine and the X Men. So it's when like you know height of like the X Men movies. Mm-hmm. So they had to put Wolverine front and center. <laughs> So, but anyway, so, but yeah, it's good news for X-Men animated, you know, series fans, you know, something should be coming around, you know, the corner anytime. Uh, speaking of, uh, fandoms that have been kind of underappreciated lately, <laughs> um, are you a G.I. Joe fan? I'm not a huge G.I. Joe fan. I like Cobra. Okay. For <laughs> I love <Cobra>. reasons. <laughs> <laughs> you're a terrorist is that what you're trying to say <laughs> uh but so gi joe uh i guess the third movie is in the works and i i was kind of hoping this was going to be a reboot you know and kind of forget the last two yeah. movies because i'm a huge like you know animated series fan um you know from the 80s i love me some joes i love me some cobra uh but i was not a fan of either of those movies so, they are supposedly going to do a Snake Eyes movie, which right away I kind of got excited for, but then I read on, and it sounds like it's by everyone who did the last couple movies, yeah. and it sounds like it's going to be, like, tied into that continuity, and I was like, why? I think that was, like, one of the big heavy focuses of that second film was Snake Eyes, too. Kind of. And like, you remember, like, Bruce Willis, like, showed up out yeah. of nowhere. It was and then they killed <laughs> off, like, most of the original characters mm-hmm. from the first movie in the first, like, five minutes. Um, which was weird, because, like, one of them was uh, Channing uh, Tatum. Tim, yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I feel like they had better things to do. That's why they just were, it they just, wanted... You know, I think on. they got the rock, and it's like, well, we're not doing any of that shit. He's expensive too. <laughs> I'm sure they're not getting the rock back. No. You know, because like neither of those movies were like they were successful, but they weren't like an overwhelming mm-hmm. like success. Whereas, like, oh no, we're just going to be like you know, cashing checks left and right. So, I mean, it, it feels like if they were going to do a reboot, Snake Eyes would be a great way to like introduce everyone to like you know the whole, like, G.I. Joe mythos and everything. Mm. Like, start off with, like, a solo movie for him and then, like, see his journey to, like, joining, like, the Joe's team. You know, like, maybe have, like, a little, like, you know, Easter egg at the end of the movie as a possibility. So I hope they just, like, wipe the slate completely, like, clean and they go that route and get, like, some serious fucking martial arts Mm. action happening. You know, hire, you know, the John Wick people, (laughs) like, right off the bat. You know, I mean, give me that shit. Um, That'd be awesome. You know, like him and Storm mm. Shadow and that whole, like, story and everything like that. Because that's some really good shit. Like, if you read the original comics, like, that's an awesome storyline that would totally work as a movie. Um, so, but I, I have a feeling they're just going to fuck it up. Yeah, it's just going to be a fun action film. Uh, I would have I appreciated the series more if they had, like, stuck with a lot of what they did in the first film. 
Even if it's not going to be that great. I, like, I wanted Joseph Gordon-Levitt to continue to be Cobra going forward. Oh, uh, Cobra Commander? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I enjoy him as an actor, mm. but I didn't... Like, there's... You know, Hollywood has a way of, like, they get their hands on shit and they're like Vince McMahon. You mm. know, where they have to, like, create it, like, their way, you know, in their image. You know, it's like, all those characters are classic characters, man. You know, that shit will work on screen. Just put up what people want to see. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you know, it's like basically what happened with, like, superhero movies. Like, if you think about it, like, you know, the X-Men at first weren't allowed to wear their costumes. You know, they're stuck in these fucking, like, Matrix jumpsuits for the first couple years. And then, like, MCU, they were like, no, screw it. We're going to go with the original fucking concept art, you know, for these characters. And it worked. You know, there's a reason why those characters lasted for 60 years, mm -hmm. you know, 70, 80, 80 years. I think Marvel just celebrated their 80 year anniversary. So, I mean, there's no reason to go away from what works, you know, um, you know, that's what that's what's wrong with this shit. You know, give me fucking, you know, the sailor and give me, you know, shipwreck and give me all the original character, you know, designs. You know, that's what I want to see, because half the people going to see these movies are, are there for nostalgia. reasons. Yes. So it's always what I had an issue with Transformers, too, you know. <laughs> I was like, these don't look anything like my Transformers. So, but whatever. Anyway, that's that's my rant. My first rant of the evening. <laughs> <laughs> but Yojo. Yojo. Uh, well, speaking of nostalgia-infused filmmaking, Mortal Kombat will be rebooting with a rated R and featuring fatalities. First of all, bravo on that segue. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. Uh, this is awesome news, right? Yes. This is what you want from a Mortal Kombat movie. I want to see blood and violence. Yes. Half the lore to that, the, the video game was the fucking fatalities mm -hmm. when I was younger. So yeah, I want to see the fatalities on screen. And that takes balls to do it rated R, because I mean, that obviously cuts into your gross overall. But I mean, I got news for you. Kids are still going to see those movies. Yes, so. and if you do it right, people will come. Yes, yes. You know, parents will cave and bring their kids regardless. Um, even though not technically supposed to. <laughs> uh, but I've been in plenty of theaters hey, filled man, with 12-year-olds. There 13-year-olds in oh uh, Midsummer. Yes, so. absolutely. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, no. Uh, I'm excited about that. We mm. know that they casted, I can't think of his name right now, the one dude from the... From the raid. From yeah. the raid, Yes who's uh, fantastic, so they're going to get serious about the martial arts, hopefully. Um, he's playing Sub-Zero, actually. And they haven't... I don't think they've actually mentioned any other characters that are going to be in the movie. But you have to imagine it's going to be yeah. the main, like, age. You gotta have... Game. If you have Sub-Zero, you gotta have Scorpion, mm -hmm. right? Um, you've gotta have... Uh, what's his name? Oh, Ed Boone wouldn't let any type of film come out if there wasn't Scorpion. Yes, right? right? That's his main. Yes, <laughs> that's just leaving money, you know, on the table. Uh, uh, but yeah, like yeah, Johnny Cage. Johnny Cage, Sonya, Ray, Raiden. I feel like Raiden has mm, to be part of Luke it. Luke Kang. Yes, yeah. You've got you've got to have at least the core characters. Yes. If Luke Kang doesn't win by the end of the film, it's not a Mortal Kombat story. That's right. <laughs> He's got to do that stupid chicken yes. kick thing where you're like, yeah, ridiculous. Anyway, <laughs> I hated that thing in the game. Drove me nuts. Um, but anyway, yeah. so I, had you friend, can I had a friend who would now. use it all the time to beat Oh, me. it's worse now, I feel. Oh, really? You amplify it and you just go all the way across the map. It always kicked my ass every single time. <laughs> so anyway, but uh, <laughs> and this is by James Wan. So mm. it's in good hands. Yeah, I just I hope there's a good... Um, Effects team behind oh, it, you know? Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. those fatalities are badass. 
Yes. yes. Now, do you want? Do you want them to be go more practical? It'd be cool, but at the same time, I feel like a lot of what they do is probably not going to be. I always feel like video game movies, like they have this tendency to go like overly CGI, mm. just because I don't know if they feel like they have a license because they're a video game, you know, movie. Where I want to, I would love to see some like badass, like practical effects, especially for you know fatalities. I mean, nowadays, too, they mix it so much. You know, I always feel like that's when it's done best, when you have, like, the CGI, like, enhancing the practical yes. effects. So, like, if they except make a, for on cats. Like, if they, make a, horrifying. <laughs> if they make a prop version of, like, if they go simple fatalities, they don't have to go, like, fucking Johnny Cage doing, um, here's Johnny with inside someone's ribcage. Like, if they do something, <laughs> like... Was that a fatality? Yes. And the really? Last game, yeah, it was. Oh wow, that's fantastic. <laughs> they make some awesome shit nowadays. Really? Um, but if they yeah, like, they don't even play like the xylophone on someone's cage <laughs> exactly. or something ridiculous. Yeah. I'm thinking like um, you make it look like Sub Zero has iced the guy's spine completely because that's the classic one. That's the one that really like everyone remembers. Where from. he decapitates uh, him and has yeah, the spine attached, holds it up. Yes. yes. And you just add a little bit of CGI that can look beautiful. Mm-hmm. All you need is a but fog I feel like machine that be, and some ice. I feel like that could be done, though, with practical effects. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. You just do a little bit of CGI on top of that to make the sheen. No, I agree. Mm. I agree 100%. So, yeah, I, I'm getting more excited for this <laughs> this movie as we speak. So, mm. <laughs> bring it on. Uh, all right, so on to some horror news. Uh, we're actually getting some like rumors coming out of the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street camp, which I feel like we haven't heard from in a long time. We've been hearing a lot of like Friday the 13th, mm. a lot of Halloween, a lot of Hellraiser news, but you know, Elm Street's been quiet. Well, it's so about damn time. I'm glad to hear that there's at least a rumor swirling that uh, New Mind is eyeing Alexandra Aja to direct the next Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Um, you know, he's one of my favorite uh, horror directors from the last like decade. He did like High Tension, mm. um, he recently did Crawl. That's in theaters right now, which we neither of us have seen at this point. Didn't have time, Damon. Yes. Didn't have fucking time. <laughs> this, there's a lot of wrestling this past week. I still plan on seeing it, so hopefully we'll have a review mm-hmm. eventually. Uh, but I've, I've heard nothing but good things. Um, he did a great remake for The Hills Have Eyes, um, which was originally a Wes Craven movie, but I'll actually argue that it's the better of the two, the remake. Works no, I love better. the remakes. So. Yes, yes. Um, and he also did Piranha 3D, which was a super fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Gortastic, if you will. So I was really excited to hear that his name might possibly be attached to this movie. Um, you know, he's obviously remade Wes Craven movies in the past with lots of success. So um, we'll see what happens. I'm just glad to hear anything, mm. you know, about a Nightmare on Elm Street. Movie. Oh, I don't mind a French mind behind nightmare series okay you know? i don't know what happened in <laughs> early 2000s but the french just went nuts mm-hmm. with like they owned horror for a good like five six years in the early 2000s so the french they can they, they can make some serious fucking horror movies um just really visceral like and i i read somewhere where like they just weren't like i don't know if they weren't allowed to like you know dabble like into the genre or something like that like if they have a version of the mpa or something like that but um when they got their chance apparently they went fucking balls to the wall because <laughs> we got a lot of great mm-hmm. films out of like you know the french the last like decades so um but yeah no um 
I'm I'm excited for just any kind of news coming oh, out. I, I feel like no one even remembers the last remake of. No. It was forgetful. <laughs> yes. you know, it was it was definitely something that was you know forgettable. Um, what would you do about Freddy? Would you put Robert England back into the makeup? I just feel like for franchise reasons, I would I would probably put someone new in. But see, I would argue almost the opposite for franchise reasons because I feel like part of the backlash to the original, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the original remake is ridiculous as it sounds, <laughs> um, was the fact that it wasn't Freddy, you know, in that in that make. It wasn't. See, I'm I'm even calling Robert <laughs> England Freddy. It wasn't Robert England in that makeup. Do you think Robert England could go for? Well, he said in the past, like, oh, I'm getting too old for the role. Mm-hmm. I kind of always felt like that was a line that he used. He did do it. Uh, he donned the, you know, the striped sweater again for the Goldbergs this past year. Like, he did that sitcom that's like all, yes. all 80s I, nostalgia. I um, so, and then, you know, he's been doing conventions mm-hmm. where he's putting the makeup on and everything like that. So I don't know if he's getting a taste for it. And I don't, maybe, you know, New Line has seen the success you know, and the buzz every time that he puts on the fucking hat again, you know, and they're getting the itch because it's, it's instant money for them. Yes. You know? So, I mean, any horror kid's going to go see that movie right away. So, um, yeah. And there's so much they could do with, you know, just the concepts now, you know, with all the effects, the abilities they have with the effects and everything, you can make these great fucking, you know, nightmare landscapes Mm -hmm. now. So these dreamscapes. I mean, we saw kind of that with, with Spider-Man. With Spider-Man, yeah. you know. So imagine that, you know. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I hope you know it ends up being true, and that Alexander Aja is part of the project. That'd be fantastic. Yes. <laughs> All right. So we got some major horror trailers dropping this week. Yes. Uh, we got Rob Zombie's Three from Hell. The search for the fugitives known as the Devil's Rejects resulted in a violent clash with police. Chances for survival are less than a million to one. There's no justice in this world. I am justice. They're trying to blame us, but we didn't do it. Free the three. Free the three. Free the three. Free the three. <laughs> find a full trailer not that little teaser trailer that he like yeah. he promised us for like, what there was like a week like uh-huh. up and then it was like just it's like, coming guys flashes. yeah yeah he <laughs> learned from his mistake <laughs> he gave us a full trailer this time so um what did you think christian this is definitely a Rob Zombie film. Yes. Like 100%. <laughs> he did not hold back. No, no. It, it's got the grit from the original mm-hmm. Devil's Rejects and everything, which I definitely enjoy. I mean, the visuals are insane. Um, it it does play almost like a longer teaser trailer, though, because you don't get really much story out of the thing, which is fine. You know, I don't need to know everything that's going to happen in the movie, but it's pretty easy. I feel concept. like I got enough this time, at least. They're getting out of jail mm. somehow. <laughs> they've got fans, it seems like. So that's pretty much everything I got out of it. The one thing that I'm concerned about, it, I definitely feel like Captain Spaulding, Sid Haig's uh, character, is not going to make it through the entire movie. They keep on showing us another character, mm-hmm. um, you know, with, you know, um, Otis and uh, Baby. 
So I, I have this feeling that he's going to either die at some point, you know, in the middle of a movie or somehow, you know, get separated for a long period of time. Because there's just too many, you know, visuals of like this other character. Um, you know, so. Now, how do you think the other character might be like part of their like fan group at some point? Or, or he's some, because the Firefly family, it seems like they're a big family and there's mm-hmm. lots of extended like members so I'm wondering if it's something like that. Something kind of like what like Texas Chainsaw Massacre always did with their sequels, where like there'd just be all these weird random yes. family members <laughs> and shit. Like, who is this? Um, I could see them going that route and not even really having to explain it. So, um, you know, maybe he's one of the guys who breaks them out or something like that. So, I mean, they keep on showing these like machine gun toting luchadors and shit, which visually just looks awesome. Um, but yeah, no, I... It, it looks balls to the wall insane, mm-hmm. and that's what I expect from a Rob Zombie movie. As long as it's more like Devil's Rejects and like House of a Thousand Corpses and less like 31, um, that that was like, I think Zombie's last movie and just did nothing for me. Mm-hmm. It just felt like he was phoning it in. Um, but like, if he gives me something like we got like visually from like Lords of Salem, you know, with like, you know, a mix of Devil's Rejects too on top of it, give me that. Because he's, his, I think as a director, he's becoming stronger and stronger, like, visually. Um, You know, even with, like, a movie that a lot of people fucking hate, like Halloween 2. Like, if you look at that movie, I mean, it's beautiful. Like, it's a beautiful-looking fucking nightmare of a movie. Um, You know, the script, yeah, you know, it could have been a little better. Mm. But, you know, visually, I mean, it just looks like fucking Halloween puked all over the film. You know, so, and then Lords of Salem, I mean, it felt like he was trying to do like Hubert, you know, so hey, give me more of that, you know, with a little Devil's Rejects, you know, tossed in and I'll be super happy with it, you know, I mean, he do, did, when does this come out again? This comes out in September, I believe. Oh, okay. So we're not It's a limited it. release. I think it's like oh. a three day release to start off with. Um, and then it's probably going to go like video on demand or something, you know, and get like a you know, whatever, a Blu-ray release at some point, you know, in October, I'm assuming. So it makes sense though. They'll make tons of money off of it. I think they made, they're still making money off of Lords of Salem and it was the same kind of like release schedule mm-hmm. and 31 for that matter. So those are like, he was saying he actually made a bigger profit off those movies than like some theatrical releases that he's done. Mm. So, I mean, a lot of people don't tend to go to the movies sometimes, you know, for these like smaller horror movies, yeah. which is unfortunate. You know, support horror people. <laughs> the studio won't make them, <laughs> you know, so. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, moving on, we got also uh, It, Chapter 2. The final trailer? <laughs> to the losers. We made an oath. I swear. If it isn't dead... If it ever comes back, we'll come back to you. We didn't stop it. Pennywise. The clown. <laughs> we can't let it happen again. Hello? Kate! Your 
some people were saying the first trailer, and then some people were saying the final. Because I was like, well, the, I felt like the, the last thing we saw was the first trailer. Because mm-hmm. it was like four minutes long. We got like a whole like scene from the movie, and then we got like a whole like trailer montage. So I don't know how that wouldn't be the first trailer, but whatever. <laughs> Who knows? This was definitely a trailer. So um, and I'm sure we'll get little TV spots and shit, you know, leading up to September 6th. So this is right around the corner too, um, but yeah, uh, I loved everything I saw here. You yes, know? Um, I think that they're. I think they did a good job of not like showing too many of the scares yes. or anything. You know, like we got enough where we're seeing. Like I think the most we got was the boy and the uh, maze, funhouse, the funhouse maze. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, we got that. Um, yeah, pretty much that was it. Everything else was kind of just a montage, mm-hmm. you know, which is I'm fine with. I don't want to see the fucking scares. You know, a lot of movies that we've seen this year, a lot of horror movies were kind of ruined by their trailers. Exactly. You know, don't show me too much. You know, leave something up, to, you know, to the actual like theater going experience, you know, where I can be surprised, you know, because half the time you see so many trailers for these things where you'll leave the like theater like wait i didn't see this from the trailer i didn't see that from the trailer or you can like anticipate mm-hmm. half the things that are happening in the trailer um you know like bright burn where's like, yes bright burn was a big one where i felt like i saw the entire movie mm-hmm. you know before i even got to the theater which was unfortunate um because i think i probably would have enjoyed that movie a lot more if i hadn't seen a minute of the trailer so um but yeah overall i mean it looks great um i it seems like they're sticking to the original storyline and everything where, you know, the adults have all moved away except for, um, I can't think of the character's name. You know, the one character yeah. who's like a librarian or something like that. Or he's like a historian, I believe. Oh, I thought it was the um, the African-American. Yeah, uh, but isn't he a historian or something oh, like that? He's really like in depth of the town's like history and everything like mm-hmm. that. At least by the time we meet up with him again as an adult, at least in the original miniseries, I don't know how it is in the book, but um, they've all kind of forgotten. Like it's all like a dreamlike memory to them, so they're not sure what's real, what's not, you know. And it all comes back to them when they come back to the town, mm-hmm. um, you know. So it seems like they kind of stuck with that premise, which is awesome. And it feels like they're definitely going with more elements from the book, though, too. Which is awesome. Why not pull from the source material since it's stuff that we haven't seen on the screen before. So, I mean, I love the original movie. Um, the adult portion of the movie is where it kind of lacked for yeah. me. So, I'm a little nervous about it. <laughs> but it definitely feels like they're going to intertwine the kids still like mm-hmm. in flashbacks oh, yeah. and everything. Half of that trailer was the kids. Yes, so. yes. I was surprised with how much mm-hmm. of the kids we got in the trailer. So, I was like, did you film this? While you were filming the first one, because obviously they probably knew what they were doing, because you th- you would think it'd be smart, because you don't want the kids to age too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Who knows? Who knows if they were like, okay, well, this is gonna make tons of money because it. May- <laughs> I think it's the highest grossing rated R movie uh, horror movie of all time. Oh, okay. Yeah, it it made fucking tons of money, man. <laughs> so I'm not surprised because it, it was released just two years ago. So they yeah. fast-tracked that Just shit. as long as we don't get people dressing up as clowns again for, like, months after the film. Oh, I don't know if you remember shit. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a bunch of weirdos. Uh-huh. Just, like, stalking the streets, right? Yes. I think uh, our local high school, right, didn't they have some kind of, like, scare or something where they yeah. had to, like, shut down because of a threat? Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is wrong with people? 
No, it became a, such such a big thing that even people were starting to just beat up clowns. Oh, really? Like clowns were getting jumped? Like uh-huh. a birthday party clown? Like I don't know if birthday like party clowns, but like people dressed for Halloween just because they like wanted to for that movie and everything. Oh. Just getting beaten because of the amount of people that were doing it to scare there people. There was like a clown phobia like yes. happening, right? <laughs> well, that's too bad. That Yeah. <laughs> we just can't have nice things nowadays, man. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no. So I'm super stoked for this movie. Yes, you know I I loved everything I saw. I just the one scene with just you know, like the sky filled with the red balloons. Mm-hmm. I got chills. On, you know, <laughs> I love that scene. So um, and I, we're definitely getting more Georgie flashback scenes. Mm-hmm. I think we saw a little bit of that too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, man. It's review time. Stranger Things season three. Part one. We're going to break this up into two. Yes. Um, we had a lot of wrestling. Mm-hmm. We were talking about, yes. you know, we alluded to earlier on in the episode. Uh, so I was only able to do the first half of the season this weekend. What are your thoughts so far? Um, you know, it started off a little slow, but, you know, that hook in episode four really got me. I think, you know, these are very episodic episodes. I'm so used to um, Netflix having, like, such a, like, streamable uh, view, whereas I feel like this really has a beginning and end to each episode, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. I appreciate how they have that, uh, instead of it being so like, oh, this makes sense if I'm watching episode, episode, episode. Yes. You know? Okay. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of times these, you know, shows, they don't worry about mm-hmm. so much, you know, having an end to each episode because they're, you know, made for binging at this point, mm-hmm. you know, which makes sense. They're not worried about commercials anymore. You know, they're not worried about you tuning in next week because they're releasing everything all at once. Exactly. So, I mean, they're not having to have these, you know, these climaxes at the end of each episode. Um, But I think they did a really good job, the first four episodes at least, with juggling so many different Mm -hmm. characters and so many different storylines. It is a lot of setup, though. I did feel like, you know, we were kind of reestablishing, like, all the relationships, all the characters, you know, to, I don't know, to the point of exhaustion for me a little bit. Um, You know, I I enjoyed, you know, getting back with the gang and everything, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, it's like, I know who all these characters are. Mm -hmm. You know, I just want to kind of get moving on with the story. You know, and it kind of, for me, it felt like it kind of did what, you know, a lot of these Netflix seasons do where like the first, you know, three or four episodes are such a slow burn and everything and they kind of build up momentum, um, you know, but like, like the fourth episode was fantastic, yes. you know, that being said, like it, you know, I can't wait, you know, for us to finish this podcast so I can binge <laughs> the rest of it, um, you know, so it really set everything up. I did also feel like they were leaning on the nostalgia factor a little more this season you know i don't know if it's just like having everything take place in the mall and everything it's more in your face Mm. so there are a lot of like you know kind of like nostalgia in jokes that were going on yeah where i was like okay and the sponsorship is so goddamn heavy yes yes that new coke is in there yes (laughs) almost every scene it feels like when they're in that mall so that felt a little much and like i like the character erica but she feels very sitcomish to me right now, you know, like the whole setup for her being introduced, like into like the main storyline was just kind of like, 
okay, you need someone to crawl through a duct. And spoilers for the, for <laughs> if you haven't watched the you know series yet, spoilers. Um, you know, just felt a little much, but yeah. I get it. You know, she's a great character. We want to get more of her somehow. So it just felt a little like, are you really going to put this nine year old up to this, where <laughs> she could just get mowed down by like Russians with machine guns? You she's know? fun though. She, she's I, fun. At least she points that out. You know. Y- yes. Yes. But <laughs> it's still. And like, is she really going to be that enticed by fucking ice cream? You know, to do this. True. So it it is what it is. I can forgive that though. You know, they've got enough credit with me where I can look past. I that. was expecting her to say, "I want money." Yes, instead right? of ice cream. But maybe that's just to, like harken back to her being a child. And you that's can't what she spell wants. America without Erica. Yes. So. <laughs> you know, she's a great character, mm. so I'm glad we're going to get more of her. I just didn't necessarily like the setup, the introduction of yes. her character into the story. Um, I felt too a lot of the characters were doing a lot of that kind of sitcom thing where their issues were so easily solved with just like basic communication, mm-hmm. like everything that was going on with Eleven and Mike. Um, I felt like just one brief conversation would have solved all the drama. And I get mm-hmm. it. They're, you know, young teenagers and everything in love. And I guess that's part of the story, them kind of dealing with, you know, being in a relationship and everything. But I was like, okay. Come Do you on think now. that they're relying on the like? It's that era. We're also kind of writing it similar to sitcoms in that era, in a way. Because that's the vibe I was getting. And I think they do a lot of that with just you know genre storytelling. Mm. You know that they try to make it very similar to you know those stories that were told in the eighties that worked so well at the time but they kind of give it this like modern update where they make it a little more believable where this necessarily didn't necessarily feel believable you know it felt too cheesy to me Mm -hmm. at points if that makes any sense but i'm fine with it like it's totally forgivable and i was happy to be back you know with the kids and everything like that um it just took a little bit longer than i thought to get the story going um i love everything that's going on with billy um, I love, you know, I, that actor's doing a fantastic job. You know, I thought he was great in the second season. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we're getting more of him this season. It seems like he's going to be the vessel for the big bad, which seems to be actually the creature from the uh, second season. Yes. The mind, mind, mind flayer. Flayer. Yes. There we go. The mind flayer. So, um, you know, I love the concept that, you know, it somehow was kind of left behind when they closed the the portal. Um, so now, you know, it seems like it's kind of, you know, found, you know, a vessel in Billy and mm-hmm. it's slowly taking over the town and everything. And just visually, like what they're doing, they're kind of exploring, like it seems like body horror. Um, you know, they even have like a poster of the thing in the background at one point, you know, which was a nice little nod. And they're totally going that route. You know, we got exploding rats. I mean, what happens to the little old lady and yes. shit. You know, we're getting a lot of that. I feel like we're going to get a lot more in the last four episodes. Um, so I'm excited about that. You know, I'm hoping we also get a little like zombie nod too. You mm. know, because it feels like, you know, they, it basically has possessed a lot more people than we thought. At least that's how like the, ep- yes. the last episode ended. So I'm guessing that we're going to have some kind of attack in that mall. I mean, they even opened up with them like going to a theater to see uh, Day of the Dead, yes. which I was, was going to bring that up. Yes, which was <laughs> great. So, um, and perfect for the time too. Mm. I think it's actually was released that year, so that was awesome. 
Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's it's more of everything that I love, honestly. You know, it's just it's always hard. With I'm surprised these zero kids that have gone through what they've gone through would want to see horror movies at this point. <laughs> you would think that the characters would be a lot more traumatized. Uh, it seems like the adults are a little more, mm. um, not so much. You know, the kids, uh, but except for except for. Was it? I said Hopper is amazing this season yes. so far. He's just in a bad mood the entire, <laughs> at least the entire first four episodes, you know. So he's definitely just a mess, um, which I like. I like they're exploring him and um, Will's mom's uh, character's relationship that mm-hmm. started to finally seem to come in like fruition. Um, that's great because that was, you know, she had what's his name. Uh, I can't think of her boyfriend from the last season. Um, Sean Astin. I'm trying yes. to remember his name. Yes, whatever. <laughs> but um, you know, Sam. She, she's still <laughs> she's still dealing with his loss, mm-hmm. which is I'm glad that they just didn't forget that yes. aspect. I'm glad that you know that's haunting her at this point, and she's still mourning. So, um, but yeah, but I, at the same time, I do want them to get together eventually this season. So I'll be really disappointed. You're shipping it hard, don't. huh? Yeah, it's like okay, let's. It's been three seasons now. It's like, come on. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, I, I can't believe how much these kids have grown though. They do mm-hmm. that flashback scene with them playing D&D. I was like, oh my God, look how little they are. <laughs> <laughs> I feel old. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, is there anything else that you want to talk about with the season? Um, but to go back to Billy, I, I was worried, you know, cause we saw in the trailer, they hinted that he was going to be like one of the villains. I was worried that he was going to be like too obvious of a choice and everything. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, you know, while it, while it was the kind of obvious choice to go with him and everything, he's done a great job. Yes. And it's been enjoyable. So yes, like, I can't I, complain. I agree. Because they make it very mm-hmm. like front and center that he's going to be at least somehow involved, yes. you know, with everything that's going on um, in the trailers. So I wasn't surprised with anything that happened. Um, I thought the choice to have um, uh, Mike's mom like almost cheat on his dad with Billy was interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to come of that. Well, what was interesting? I totally forgot that that was Mike's mom. So that was a great like yes. reintroduction to like oh his family. Like there's so many tie-ins to different characters and where they belong in like this whole town. Yeah, that, like you know you can easily forget. Oh, this person is in this family. They're and- serving so many characters. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I just I just want them to go somewhere with that. Like I don't know what the point of that was necessarily. Um, so I because I mean she has a little like pep talk with her daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, how about that? Like how obnoxious is that fucking uh, all those reporters? They're the worst. You know that they're interning <laughs> for. They're horrible. Like uh, Nancy and her boyfriend. I can't remember the boyfriend's name at this point. Will's brother. Yeah. You know, they're interning at this, like, you know, newspaper. And it's just that I I think that might be also where I feel like the cheese factor has been raised a little this last, like, at least the first three episodes. Just the way that those guys are acting. They're so over the top, mm-hmm. you know, and campy. That I was like, ah, yeah. It's like every time you think that the boss is coming to her side, yes. he immediately flips at the end. And the one big guy is just laughing too hard. It's really, I don't know. It's it's a little campy. It's a little campy. So, uh, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm glad to be back in the saddle with the group, um, you know, and I'm excited to see now that, you know, after that fourth episode, which was a fantastic episode, where we're headed, mm-hmm. you know, with the rest of the season. So, on visually, though, like, the visuals for this 
I mean, whenever they show anything from the Upside Down, it's just so fantastic. They got a great, like, cinematographer aboard, you know. Um, and just the score, once again. I feel like the score is something where if it wasn't scored the way that it's scored, it would, the, like, the whole show wouldn't work <laughs> for me. Because that score gets me, mm-hmm. like, hooks me, just gets that, like, nostalgic vibe going for me so strong. Because, that I mean, so many fantastic movies from the 80s sounded exactly like mm-hmm. that but there's just such an underlying creepiness that goes along with it where like shit that wouldn't usually bother me like were like actually affecting me just, and it's just it's pure score it really is so um you know I, and i don't even know who who composed it but they, <laughs> they are synth guys yes. <laughs> so it feels very carpenter-esque it really mm-hmm. does so um but it's not over the top too like, you know, they, they do a great job of having it, like, layered in the background and, like, you know, pumping mm-hmm. up when they need to to add tension and everything. So, um, I don't know. I, do you have any concerns with the next four episodes? Um, not really at this point. Because I, I, I really got hooked with that episode. So, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not too worried. I'm hoping that, you know, everyone gets back together and we can just move on. You know, we don't have to have four or two or three separate storylines that was on. another issue but, i had too was like i felt like they're doing that trope that walking mm. dead always goes to where like you know you take the team the first episode and then you separate them and they they take forever to get back together and you're just because that's half the reason why you watch the show is because you love all the interactions between all the characters like i feel like um winona's character isn't checking on her children enough at the moment. Well, and that was another, I think, part of the cheese factor, too. Um, another element for me is the fact that everyone's working on the same case at the same time. And they have no, like, interaction with mm. each other. <laughs> you know, but they're all pretty much working on the same case. And it's all just they, little they different elements. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They just don't know mm. it. So, but it's all forgivable. It's all forgivable. Like, I, I, I still enjoy it. I've enjoyed the first, like, three episodes more than I enjoyed half of the shit I've watched this year. So, you know, just little gripes mm-hmm. for me. So, um, but yeah, if we get more of what we got with that, like, fourth episode, man, I mean, I, I could definitely see this being one of my favorite seasons. Uh, I've heard some rumors that the next season could be the last season. I heard that too, which would be disappointing because mm-hmm. they were saying that they felt like four to five was probably like the perfect number um, for them. It's probably in the end just five. Just give but... me five. <laughs> we don't know how this ends yet yes <laughs> come on <laughs> i feel like we gotta see the kids through high school hmm. you know now this thing is ripe though for a sequel series hmm. you know they could totally do what it does you know you could get like a story of you know these kids older you know in the 90s you know, you'd have to do recasting. Or you could just wait. Just wait, yeah. yeah wait five you years. could wait like five, ten years. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, they're all a little older uh-huh. than they're portraying on screen. So, I mean, it's totally like ripe for like a, like a, you know, a sequel series, basically. You know, or even a movie. They could do that, too. They could go that route, you know, and kind of tackle like that, you know, mid-90s. Mm-hmm. So, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if that eventually happens. So, I haven't heard shit. That's just me speculating. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I maybe it's just me being greedy and wanting five seasons. If they only have enough for four, mm. you know, fine, so be it. 
But I also heard part of that rumor was it was like Netflix with like, you know, budget concerns, mm. which seems ridiculous to me because Netflix should have all the money in the world right now. Um, just, you know, actors, you know, mm-hmm. contracts being up and everything like that. You know, you, you better believe they're going to want to get paid. Well, yeah, I imagine they're all upping their price. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and they might all be on their first though. on their first contract, too, at this mm-hmm. point, because it's really it's only been three seasons, you know. Um, poor Will, he just wants to be a wizard, man. <laughs> he just wants to be a wizard and play D anD D. And those all his friends are like running around. I was waiting too for his friends to like kind of start accusing of him, like accusing him of you know making up, you know, the sensation. Like he's got his little tingle oh, or whatever. Yeah. You know, I'm surprised that didn't become a thing. Obviously, at this point, I'm glad they the, took it serious. You know, because you would hope so. After mm-hmm. the second season, they would. But I was, I was like, oh, is that going to be a thing? You know, where you're just saying this shit to get us all back together or something like that? What do you? Th- what do you think about the Russians? <laughs> I think that's you know, that's classic. Yes, it's very... Uh, it's, trust me, the Russians were a bad guy in every single movie in the 80s. So, but I feel, like I said before, I feel like that's part of, you know, the charm of Stranger Things mm-hmm. is the fact they take all those tropes from the 80s and they, you know, I don't know, like almost regurgitate it into like something more believable, like an actual piece of art. It's all about the storytelling comes first before the nostalgia. So, I mean, really, you could take this story and I think you could tell it at any point of time and it would still work. But it's just awesome that it has this great, like, 80s aesthetic to it. Um, you know, and you know, for a kid who grew up in the 80s, you know, it's just heaven for me. Mm. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I'm looking forward to the next four episodes. Yes, me as well. All right, David, comics are back and we are reading them. <laughs> believe it or not <laughs> now that we stopped reading them we just haven't had time yes. to talk about it so uh yes first issue up um on my pull list at least was uncanny x-men number 22 yes. uh the finale of rosenberg's run um you know we're saying goodbye to this little ragtag group of x-men um, and a dark, depressed X-Men. Yes. Very dark. <laughs> um, very fucked up X-Men. Uh, and we're moving on to Hickman's run, which is starting, I believe, next week. So, um, and that's going to be, I guess, three months, I believe. And then they're going to go into, like, the books. So there's mm-hmm. just going to be two different books running for the next couple months. And then they're going to go into, like, you know, the official, like, books and everything like that with Hickman doing the flagship which they haven't even announced i'm assuming it's on kenny x-men but mm-hmm. we'll see so we've had a lot of stop and starts from the x-men i think over the last two years yeah. so <laughs> hopefully this one actually sticks um, remember when blue and gold was supposed to be like this is yes, the start we're resetting the brand <laughs> um, i'm excited though i love hickman mm. so um, i love what he did with the avengers and everything like that so i can't wait to see his take on the x-men but that being said, we've got some unfinished business with Rosenberg's X-Men. Yes. Uh, everything came to a head here. We basically got them putting a bow on the whole story arc um, of the X-Men in this fucking dire situation of really feeling like they're the last mutants on Earth, thinking that all the other X-Men are dead, and then we know that they're actually in another dimension created by a great X-Man. Um, so, yes... What did you think, Christian? I mean, they're all, their backs are against the wall here. You know, 
there's a lot of it that I did like, but it was it just felt rushed for me. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day. Um, I, I like the sense of hopelessness by the end, which is kind of terrible to say. But Yeah, it's like they're like, about to go out with like a blaze of glory. Like, if this was the end of the X-Men storyline, I, like, I thought this was kind of cool. Like, they're all just like fighting for their lives. This last final moment. But of course, you know. The problem is we know it's not. Yes. The end of the X-Men storyline. Because <laughs> Marvel likes to make money. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So, I, I, you know, I'm wondering, you know, just behind the scenes wise, like if this was supposed to be stretched out for mm-hmm. like a much longer arc and a bigger reveal and everything. I, I don't know if he knew when he took up this book and when this book started that it was only going to be, you know, 22 issues long. You know, if that's like, okay, this is my arc. I planned it out, you know. Um, so it's interesting. I'm, I'm assuming they must have known a certain amount, though, because they did everything with, you know, the, all those X-Men spinoff books mm-hmm. with, you know, um, you know, the Age of X-Men. So, I mean, they must have had something mapped out. I'm just, I'm wondering if Rosenberg had more story, you know, planned out and if he thought he was going to stay on the book. Because it, it feels like Hickman you know, negotiated his way in the book just from listening to, like, interviews and stuff that he's done where he was the one who actually said, all right, well, if I'm going to take this over, you need to cancel all the other X-Books, um, you know, at least for a short period of time. Um, I would like to see Rosenberg actually, you know, take up a couple books um, after the fact, though, because I do feel like he knows these characters well, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, regardless of how it ended, I feel like he does get these characters and you can tell that he's a fan which I think is awesome. Um, but yeah, no, it definitely, I don't know, it left a lot to really, you know, desire. For I think me. one of the things I don't like was like at the end, um, we get this whole conversation and I, I'm forgetting the girl's name at the moment, but we have Cyclops, you know, talking to uh, one of his fellow X-Men about like how he sees them and how um, he doesn't know where they go from here after... Um, uh, at this point, Emma Frost has erased the world's minds of the X-Men completely, and he doesn't understand what to do now that he technically has freedom. Oh, Danny. Yes, Danny. With Danny. With Danny. And um, she, you know, she's explaining, you know, we're a family, and you don't see us like family members. You see us only as soldiers. Because yes. he's in this constant place of war. Well, by the end of the book, he's like, that's because we're always at war, and we're going to stay at war, and we're all going to be soldiers. <laughs> Fuck the world! Exactly. Right? And I'm like... <laughs> Us versus everyone. I feel like that ruined the message <laughs> well, completely at that point. Because <laughs> that was a great conversation they yes. had, right? They're just on a bench, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because, yeah, Danielle Moonstar was the character. She's one of the leaders of the New Mutants. Um, but, she, yeah, she made some great points and everything like that. I thought it was really, really strong dialogue, you know, with both characters interacting and really kind of, like, set, like, their headspace. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I... But yes, by the end, you're in the situation where, you know, mutants can basically go undetected. You know, where if he, you know, if he allows it, where if, he, right, if there's mm-hmm. there's the whole gimmick thing, right, they've got with Emma, where she's basically wiped everyone's memory of the existence of mutants. Yes. Um, and they could keep that going as long as they keep the device going, right? I can't remember the device. It's, it's, it's a, a cerebral, cerebral type basically. Of device, yeah. They always have some kind of cerebral mm. up their asses, right? Ready to use. Um, something, yeah, something they actually made, right? Um, but Cyclops kind of just makes the choice 
for everyone, right? Like they they end up all agreeing. They're all like, "I stand with you, side." But there's like or... four of them. You would think like all these other mutants are being hunted, you know, <laughs> and murdered in the streets because mm. that's pretty much what's happened since you know all the X Men have left. I guess the other X Men haven't you know witnessed that or been part of that, experienced that since they've been off world, basically. Yes. But I don't know. It's a pretty ballsy choice, you know. You think they'd at least sleep on it? You know, yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, they shouldn't want to hide who they are. No, I get it when it comes down to it, but at least you know, discuss it with the other music. Maybe there's some way you could rig it where like some of them can hide. You know? Or, or how about this? You know, you just changed everyone. You erased everyone's memory of you. You have the ability to just make everyone accepting of you at this point. Mm. And now that is technically moralistically yes, wrong, yes. but it's Emma Although Frost. I, th- I feel like Professor X has gone that way, and it feels like Emma would just make that choice for exactly. them. Exactly. Like, no, I don't want to be hunted anymore. I'm good. <laughs> Screw you guys. I mean, because technically she manipulated Someone them does... into the situation, mm-hmm. you know, which I'm glad they at least addressed in the book. Where you know, you know, Emma, like a lot of people died because of this. She's like, well, I had to do what I had to do. You know. Um, I'm glad they got rid of the whole, you know, mutant serum because I didn't want to deal with that mm. anymore, the antidote to cure mutants. Um, because I feel like that's just that's been played out over the last couple decades with the X Men. I feel like there's always some kind of like antidote happening or something like that where, you know, the mutants are always at at the point of extinction. Yeah, I'd rather go back to the days where they're kind of flourishing and everything like that. You know, I'm done with like no more mutants, that whole storyline. I'm just I'm over that. So um, I think it'd be more interesting to see them kind of thriving as a population again and, like, it being more on everyone's radar. Um, So I I don't know. I I would be disappointed if they don't at least address everything that's happened in, like, Hickman's run, you know, over the past, like, couple Mm -hmm. months, you know, with, yeah, I don't know how long a time span everything's gone, but... You know, also another factor is we've had some significant deaths happen in this book. You know, we lost Havoc, you know, at, at the end of this run, um, you know, which I still don't necessarily buy. You know, I mean, his mutant power is exploding, so I don't see how he could die from exploding. But it is what it is. I'm sure he'll be back. And they even allude to that. Someone's making a speech, yeah. right? She's like, I'm sure I'll see some of my mutant friends again or something like that. I was like, yeah, I'm sure. Because yeah, we already saw in like some of the solicitations that Banshee's back. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's not a zombie anymore. So um, who else did we lose? We lost some new mutants, that's for sure. Yes. Uh, we then, lost Wolf Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, we lost Juggernaut. We lost Juggernaut. Although he's still alive. He just doesn't have the crystal anymore. Oh, okay. I so thought I, he was killed in that moment. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't okay. think they actually... We don't actually see him die. I think he just lost the crystal. Because then, um, yeah, Magic's demon self takes it or something like that. So, um, yeah, I hate to be the person who has to break that to Colossus, though. <laughs> so he's going to be fucking pissed off. Mm-hmm. He's very protective of his sister. Um, I did like the moment, though, that we actually got to see all... Like, the mutants return and everything like that. All the X-Men return and interact with Cyclops. It was a great moment with Jean coming up to Cyclops. And you see the dejection of both um, Logan and Emma Frost. Yes, that was really nicely done Mm -hmm. and everything like that. Because I really don't... I'm I'm over that relationship. Emma and Scott, Mm -hmm. I don't need to see it anymore. I feel like I've dealt with it. It It was refreshing at the time. But after, like, you know, almost... Oh, God, has it been two decades of it? 
it's okay. I can, <laughs> I can move on. It's been a while. Yes, let's let's explore him and Jean again. Um, so, and this is the first time that they've interacted since they've both been back. Mm-hmm. So, and I love how like everyone's just not surprised to see anyone back. You know, really. <laughs> yeah, they all say this like, is what happens. Because right, do, oh no, they do know Logan's back because mm-hmm. Logan did kind of pop back up on the radar before they left. Yes. Right. Okay. Because I was like, no one's even noticing that Logan's back. Well, they fought him. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. I I kind of put all the whole that whole X Men Wolverine mm-hmm. like run out of my head. At the this return point. of Wolverine. The return of Wolverine. That's right. That's right. You haven't seen this the hunt, claws the hunt for since. Wolverine, right? Did they get rid of that? They, I think the writers just want to forget about yeah. it. I'm sure someone will pull it out when they need to, uh-huh. but they're like, no, we don't need flame claws. You know, and I don't think fans were too thrilled with that whole oh. aspect. It's going to be some weird crossover with Star Wars. He's going to be fighting Vader with flame oh, claws. God. Oh, God. I'm sure there's a YouTube video out there with that already. Uh-huh. So, um, but yeah, no, overall, it was okay. I mean, what would you, if we don't usually rate books, what would you rate this run? This run, I would probably give a three and a half. Yeah, I'd probably go. It had a really strong start, and I loved a lot of the aspects through it. But it's just the ending, you know, that's just that weak point. Just the fact that it was Emma Mm -hmm. manipulating everything. And maybe if they had stretched that out over time and given us maybe more hints and played around with it more. like I I feel like there was more of a story there. If he had more issues to go Mm -hmm. with, I think... Definitely, and maybe that's where it was leading to, but it just was so sudden, that big reveal yes. and everything like that, and then things just kind of tied up quickly, so it does feel like they kind of left left a lot like on the table with that whole storyline. Um, but yeah, just how desperate they felt, too, in the, in the start of the arc. I mean, it, it was something that we hadn't seen with the X-Books, and it was, it was refreshing. It was different. You know, it harkened back to the days of late 80s, you know, where they're kind of this like ragtag band of mutants on the run. Um, outlaws you know? mm-hmm. so i enjoyed that aspect of it um but that definitely doesn't seem like it's going to be in like you know hickman's plans you know no. going going further so oh is, is multiple man dead is it is multiple man dead yes multiple man also died that's right he acted as a human shield supposedly because i've seen multiple man die like a couple times over the last five years well, I, I just thought it was interesting that he his uh, main body he decided to send out as well like, why wouldn't he just stay back if he could? And how do we know clothes? this is the original multiple man? How he do knows. we know he's not home, you know? They just said <laughs> that Napping right now. And it's just, True. Exa- this is, like, multiple man, I remember him dying in the early 80s, like, in the first X-Factor book, um, when they uh, they restarted that book. They they did this whole new team and everything with Havoc as his leader. I think in the first issue, they had, like, multiple man dying. It was a big, like, reveal and everything like that. And then, like, after two issues, we find out, no, it's just one of his, like, you know, his doubles. So, he's still alive. He'll be back. <laughs> He'll be back. So, uh, but yeah, no, overall, yeah, like you said, like, three stars, I would mm-hmm. give it. So, really promising start. But, yeah. All good things come to an end. Yes. Well, up next we have Avengers number 21. All right. Uh, I'm loving this book. This is probably one of my favorite books out there right now, mm-hmm. honestly. Like ongoing book, I just I, I love the tone that Aaron brings to this team, and this was definitely um, all about the aftermath of War Realms and just kind of the team like just collecting themselves and just kind of relaxing and taking a moment to themselves. I thought it was really well done. Um, you got to see the team kind of bonding 
which you don't get to see mm-hmm. much. Um, but I feel like these little moments really bring a lot to like the chemistry of the team. Oh, absolutely. So Cause, I, I mean, it's been a very action heavy book. Yes, it has. It's been nonstop. And to get something where it's so emotionally charged and you're seeing so much about each character in this one issue. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because we had what we had the celestials falling mm-hmm. from the earth, you know, from the um, heavens. And then we had a vampire civil war. Then we had War Realms. We had to deal with fucking Namor's crazy ass. Mm-hmm. And, and then the fucking Russians on top of it. So, yeah, and it's only been like 20-some issues. <laughs> so, And they've got a lot more on their plate. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to have this kind of issue where they can kind of reset the table, you know, and, you know, we can see where everyone is headspace-wise. Um, you know, uh, I thought what was cool about it was we're having kind of this down moment, but at, at the same time, Aaron explored you know, all the Avengers fears at the same time and like, you know, where they're at, where they're kind of like, it looks like everything's rosy on the surface, Mm -hmm. but like some of them are like barely keeping it together. So they, they do this great like jacuzzi scene, you know, at headquarters and everything where they're all kind of relaxing, you know, um, really fun dialogue between Tony and Thor, you know, going back and forth, um, just, Talking about, you know, I think Tony at one point tells Thor to stop playing with his hammer in front of him and shit, you know, just really like nice, you know, witty dialogue, you know, that we get from Aaron. Um, And then what we get at the end, because um, because of Robbie, you know, he's talking about all his anxiety, you know, and all his fears, you know, that he's just constantly terrified, Um, you know, and part of that's because he's an adventure now. And Captain Marvel brings up, you know, no, listen, I'm with you. You know, I've gone through all this shit and everything like that. And she addresses everything that's happened with her as a character over the last couple months. Um, but we get back to the jacuzzi and, you know, they're all kind of joking around. But then they explore through thought bubbles, which I haven't seen in a while, which I was, th- you know, but this was nice use of them. Um, just kind of talking about, like, you know, where each character's at. And, like, each character as they're, like, putting on this kind of, like, you know, I don't know, rosy appearance, like this positive, you know, appearance, you know, for the team, mm-hmm. they're all kind of dealing with anxiety. You know, Tony, I guess, is like, you know, I wonder if the original Tony Stark would be enjoying this. Like, I don't know if he's like concerned that he's not really himself anymore because everything that's happened with kind of like, I know, quote unquote, re- resurrection, you know, where I know he was injured and he was a hologram for a while. I don't know exactly how he was revived. Um, you know, that happened in his solo books, I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, I just kind of felt like he healed himself or something, but maybe, you know, he's technically a clone. Um, so that was a little surprising because um, I didn't realize that he was dealing with that at, the, at this point. Um, but yeah, you had Captain America literally listing everything that they're up against. Um, and then you had Thor, which was, I think, the most shocking of all, where, you know, they're doing this thing in the beginning of the book, which is comical, where he keeps on picking up his hammer just because he can, because he's worthy again. And it seems like it's almost like celebratory. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you realize it's really more about him like having like an anxiety attack where he's like terrified that he's unworthy. Like, am I so worthy? So that's why he's like compulsively picking up his fucking hammer because he's just terrified of not being worthy anymore. Um, so just adding this like deeper dimension to that character with everything that he's gone through over the past like months, you know, a couple months. 
So I thought that was fun. Um, we got She-Hulk stuff with her kind of coming into her own once again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, flirting with Blade, which was weird and awkward. But, you know, <laughs> it was a fun little moment. Um, and then you had Black Panther confronting uh, Phil Coulson um, and kind of setting up, I feel like, the next arc, um, perhaps. So they've got so many great little, like, subplots going mm-hmm. on and all these other stories happening all at once. But, like, Aaron's doing a great job of juggling it all. And keep it interesting. And I, I believe he's also created a reason possibly why it's all happening. Uh, yes. At the end of the book, spoilers, uh, we see Mephisto um, sitting in front of a giant chessboard with, you know, different characters as the pawns. Um, so that was interesting. And that's something that we, we, we've seen Mephisto like mm-hmm. popping up in other books, you know, like especially the uh, champions recently, um, you know, just fucking with everyone. So it seems like there's a greater game being played and we know i think the next arc is going to have to do more with like ghost rider and everything so um you know and we got big news this week at least for me that danny catch is gonna you know my ghost rider is gonna be actually getting his own book in october so i don't know what that means for robbie um i know that we're gonna see johnny Mm -hmm. this next arc um he's taking over hell so i don't know i don't know i think it's interesting though they just keep reintroducing all of the ghost riders so it's just like Man, they must have something huge planned. Exactly. I, I just hope that Robbie doesn't go on the back burner. Mm. No, because I really love him being part of the team. And we've really been kind of like exploring a lot of these arcs through Robbie's eyes, which has been fun, you know, because he's so new at this. You know, it's been a good time actually, mm. like, you know, seeing things through a new hero's, you know, perspective. So, I don't know. I don't know. But I, like I said, this is one of my favorite ongoing books right now. You know, Aaron's just been killing it, really. So, but yeah. Yeah. Read Avengers. Yeah, dude. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do we have next? Uh, now we're on the DC side with Batman number 75. And it's kind of the start, which I feel like the start of the end of, of his run. What issue is he going to? Do you know? I believe it was 85? Oh, really? It was, okay, it's so in the 80s. I know that for sure. Okay, so he's just got a handful of issues left. Yes. Wow. All right. And and this is a weird concept. Well, it's <laughs> okay. to me at least what they showed. Um, so in the last issue, we, we kind of wrap up with um, Batman dealing with his father. Um, other, he's gotten all the way to this well to resurrect their mother and everything. And it turns out Batman in the middle of the night actually buried his mom. And replace the body that was in the casket. Oh. And go, gets into this whole fight with his dad. Okay. Um, got some fucking pet cemetery shit going yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and by the end of that issue, all we see is a Batman's hand coming up out of the hole. Now, we don't know if it's the dad or him. And so starting this issue... Because this is the Lazarus pit, right? It's like, it's like a Lazarus pit okay. somewhere in some country. But we're see- okay, so he's battling his father, and at the end of the issue, you're seeing a Batman glove coming yes. up. So we and don't know as, who. as we know, they're both wearing his costume. Yes, yes. So. <laughs> uh, so this one starts off, uh, Bane has taken over Gotham 100%, and it's very odd. Like, all the villains are like cops, for some reason, in the okay. town. And, like, um, it starts off, which... Kind of upset me because why uh, would the villains want to be cops? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> they're like 
they joke around about it too. It's like, really? oh, make sure you don't kill too many people while you're on the job. But like, we're Gotham. Jesus we're in a cop Christ. car. Like, this shit happens like exactly. every other month with them. <laughs> we're in a cop car with Joker and Riddler teaming up. <laughs> and I'm like, I would read that book. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a buddy cop book with Joker and Riddler. That's fantastic. It's an interesting concept, but I feel like it also goes against the whole war no, it makes they no just sense. had. <laughs> it makes everything. absolutely no sense. But I love the idea. <laughs> Um, you have, uh, Batman's dad has basically become the new Batman for Gotham. How long of a time period is Bruce gone for? It, they don't say, but what we do see of Bruce is Bruce is like trying to find his original mentor who trained him in the like Himalayas mountains and stuff like that. Okay. Um, he's not there. Uh, is this too take on Bane? So are we going like Dark Knight Rises here? I don't know, because it feels very much like Dark Knight Rises. That's interesting. That's why I was like a little thrown back, but I was like, okay. Uh, I feel like he doesn't really need too much training. Uh huh. I don't know what he, maybe he just he's the best reaching at what out, he does, but right? like, I have no idea. He's fucking Batman. <laughs> and so, did Bane, kind of, did, and Bane, Bane didn't, did he break his back again? Um, was that something that happened? He did hurt him again, okay. but like I think he just healed over time with okay. his dad. Because they don't really elaborate too far into it. Okay, it he, they, like he's broken mentally okay. and physically okay. and emotionally. So maybe more of it, maybe it's more of a spiritual training. Yes, I I guess. But he doesn't uh, when he what he discovers is that um, the mentor is gone, and Bane has even thought of like that getting rid of his. So he's covered all of his bases. Yes. Really. Wow. And it kind of just ends in this like place of hopelessness. So there's not much... This is a very short, simple issue. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like um, explaining where everything is, how this is going to work going forward. So does this feel like rock bottom for him? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So now, now we get the rise. Yes. <laughs> That's what Batman as does long, best. As long as he doesn't fucking retire at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't bother telling mm. Alfred that he's fucking alive. That still kills me. Like, I walked out of the theater of Batman Rises. Like, I actually liked it, you know, when I first, you know, mm-hmm. Dark Knight Rises. I actually liked it when I first, you know, saw it. And then, like, the more I thought about it, the more <laughs> angry I got. I was like, that jerk fucking faked his death. Didn't bother telling Alfred, his father figure, um, let him mourn him. And then just went to fucking Paris and retired, you know, with Catwoman. And then just, like, they happened to, like, you know, see Alfred on the street and just nod at him. What the fuck? Batman it's doesn't. It's the moment Alfred wanted. Batman doesn't retire. God damn it! <laughs> yeah, and then it, technically he retired twice in that movie, mm-hmm. right? Because because of injuries, he technically or because what's her name died. Rachel dies, so he retired. He takes like two years off or something ridiculous. So yeah, fuck that movie. <laughs> but I love Bane in that movie. Though, mm-hmm. You know, so I did love the portrayal of Bane. Alfred's being um, held against his will, pretty much in the manner. As like a hostage to keep the entire Batman f- Bat family away from Gotham, because they know if um, they come in, Alfred will be killed. They'll just kill Alfred yes. instantly, which makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why no one else has ever thought of that, because <laughs> that is pretty a pretty weak point, you know, for you know Batman. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right, and all, and then all the villains know who Batman is at this point. I they don't say. But, I mean, at this point. Or is Bane just keeping that information to himself? If they've been following Bane, and Bane's been even hanging out in the manor, 
I mean, yeah, I they like should be kinda... able to put it together. Mm. But Joker's known for years; he just doesn't care to yeah. use it. <laughs> you know? And I'm sure the Riddlers mm-hmm. had to put it together at this point. So, um, but whatever. All right. So, are you enjoying it at least? Yes. Um, the end of the issue spoilers. It, he is saved by Catwoman. Okay. So. It really reunited. just doing Dark Knight Rises, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> it really feels like Dark Knight Rises. I don't know That's why. <laughs> so again, I'm a little like... Yeah. Maybe Tom King's a big fan. Who knows? Who knows? So, Alright, but you're enjoying it so far. I'm still enjoying it. Okay. Yeah. We're almost we'll see where it goes. Got like another ten issues left. Yes. Alright, so. alright. All right. Well, is that it for comics? That's it for comics. We have a shit ton of wrestling to do. All right, man. Let's dive into it. Are you ready? No! I said, are you ready? Christian, you like podcasts. I love them. I love podcasts. Have you heard of this new PodCoin app? No, I haven't heard of it. It's available for iPhones and Androids right now. It actually pays you to listen to podcasts. Really? Yes, yes. You get digital currency for listening to your favorite podcasts. But what could I even use digital currency on? Gift cards, um, Amazon, Starbucks. I believe they even have Target. Um, You can also use that digital currency to donate to your favorite charity if you want. Wow. If you're actually a good person. Unlike yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to really look into this. I listen to a lot of podcasts, damn it. Like Me too. Daily. And I mean, you might as well get paid for it, right? Exactly. Uh, and right now, if you go ahead and use the promo code NerdShow, you get started off with 300 coins. That's a good deal. Right? Doesn't get any better than that. So I would stop doing what you're doing right now. Well, wait till the end of the episode <laughs> and go download Podcoin. All right. The pod player that pays. How can you even like that movie? The movie is so stupid. So stupid. It's you dumb. must be an idiot. I don't get it. Are you, do wow. you even have any taste? Do you have intelligence? Yeah. Is this a treatment you get from friends or coworkers? Then boy, do I have an answer for you. Movie Geek and Proud, where every movie has a fan. On our show, we don't believe in guilty pleasures. Here, we want you to be proud of your taste. Movie Geek and Proud is a gay, bi-weekly podcast where we review our weird, weird taste in film and also movies that we have never seen before that will blow your mind. You can find us on all podcast apps including itunes stitcher podbean spotify and many more i'm rob and i'm sean a new episode every other wednesday
God. Is that? You know who it is? It's Bray Wyatt! Bray Wyatt is here! Wyatt is on Raw! The Fiend with a sister Abigail! There is no doubt this man is going to terrorize WWE. Damon hates wrestling. Alright, so this weekend we had five events happen. I didn't watch Evolve, so I'm just I'm I did, concerned about but it. But I don't feel the need to talk about it. It was an okay show. Uh-huh. You know, it's not as good as everyone's saying it was, though. It felt like an independent show with mm-hmm. like some WWE stars attached to it. Right. So it, it was okay. <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> Damon gives it a thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> well, like some people are saying, it was better than AEW. It definitely didn't feel like it was better mm. than AEW. So, well, I strongly disagree. Speaking of AEW, we had Fight for the Fallen. We did. We did. Um, I did not see the pre-show, Christian. Did you catch the pre-show? I did catch the pre-show. Okay. Well, first of all, how was the librarian gimmick? Was it, it any better? It's, I mean, it's the same. They had a good match with each other. I think they worked very well, Sonny Kiss and him. Oh, really? So, okay. And I, I don't think I've ever seen the male uh, librarian actually work at this point. So They're both, they are both talented wrestlers. Yeah. Right. Okay. So how was Sonny Kiss? Because I haven't seen much of Sonny Kiss either. Um, I mean, he was the good foil for um, the librarian, you know? Okay. They're definitely like completely set, like different characters um, it really was a good showcase for Sunny Kiss. I've heard a lot of people are now fans because of this match. That's true. So. And they've been doing a great job showcasing, mm-hmm. you know, all this talent that they have now, which is fantastic. So, and I liked his entrance. I did see the entrance with all the cheerleaders mm-hmm. and everything like that. I thought that was fun. So, um, I, I still get if the librarian's supposed to be a cheater or if he's supposed to be well mannered. I, I think it's a heel. Yeah. It he is a trying heel, to cheat but the, like the his, um, librarian. the female librarian, like just, Pushed Sunny Kiss back into the ring to make it a fair match for out of nowhere, and then later on she tries to cheat again. Oh really? It, it, like it, it was like weird because I felt like she was the face and he was the heel. Mm, maybe that's last why. match, but I don't know. I don't know. I I didn't care for it, but I understand what <laughs> I understand it's a parody. I'm mm-hmm. just WWE's not letting you know, not refusing to give up on gimmicks mm-hmm. and angles. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it sounds like it was a short match. So, um, it is what it is. Now, and then there was another, there was a tag team match, right? A women's yes. tag team match? Uh, Bia Presley, Naka, uh, Nakajima versus Britt Baker and Rio. Uh, and this was a good tag team match. Okay. Um, that really showcased all the women. I'm still, um, Shoko Nakajima is a little shaky at times for me. Okay. Uh, but they really, uh, the new character, oh wait, maybe I'm, no, I mixed up, sorry. Riho is a little shaky for me, but Nakajima was awesome. Now, Rio got the win last time, right? Yes. Okay. She did get the win last time, and then she randomly turns against um, Yuka. Yes. Out of nowhere. Yeah, she's like kind of consoling her, uh-huh. helping her, and then, yeah, that was a little weird. <laughs> so. But they didn't, like, there was no mention of that. This was really just to, you know, showcase Shoka and uh, Bia Presley, because they were the new ones on the show. Now, who was it who, like, might have gotten a concussion in the middle of the match and made the tag. They went to the wrong corner. I'm not sure. I See, I heard, I saw a little clip where I don't know who it was. Shit. Um, I think maybe it was Bia Presley. She went, she got knocked silly and then she went to the wrong corner <laughs> to make the tag. 
Um, I just hope that they have, like, they're being smart, mm-hmm. you know, and that they've got, like, you know, medical, like, available at all times, you know, like a doctor, you know, at ringside or something like that. So if they need to well, make Bert a Baker call. was in the match. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fucking dentist, Christian. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that, that up now. I, I believe it was. But I don't know. So, and it, it was definitely this match where mm-hmm. they were they were speculating that she got knocked silly, and that she was down for a bit, and then you know she got up and she like actually made the tag in the wrong corner. So, um, you know, which is kind of scary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but and maybe that was a spot she was working. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she was just selling well, and you know she fooled everyone. I don't know, but. Yeah, that's kind of what I was hearing. But anyway, so it sounds like the pre-show was better than last time. Yes. Okay. Okay, and they got some. They got fifteen minutes, huh? Mm-hmm. They got a decent amount of time. No, I, I was surprised by that. Um, they really went all out. Yeah. So okay, well, so the card officially opened mm-hmm. with the uh, six-man tag team match with featuring MJF, Sammy Guevara, uh, and Sean Spears versus Darby Allen, Jimmy Havoc, and Joey Janela. Um, I really dug this match. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a great, great way to start the card. Um, and they established so much shit in this like one <laughs> like thirteen minute match. I thought they did a great mm-hmm. job, you know. You know, once again, you know, fleshing out this char- these characters and everything like that, you know, introducing them to a new audience and kind of setting up like a lot of little like feuds and everything. Um, going forward because i mean they don't have weekly tv yet so this was a great opportunity they took advantage of it i i you know i thought you know it was fun that the team that we thought were that would gel well was the team that was you know having a hard time getting along with you know darby allen seemed kind of like you know the black sheep of the team Mm -hmm. he was getting annoyed with everyone you know he didn't feel like he was getting tagged enough how fucking over is darby allen already though I, I know. Like crowd was already. <laughs> cha- I mean, that was like I said. That was a great match at um, Fighter Fest that really like put him over mm. well and everything. People were really into him, you know. But I was really also I haven't experienced Jimmy Havoc much at all. But I was I was happy to see that he could actually wrestle. Yeah, because everything. Not just, I don't like his Rainmaker, but I like. <laughs> oh, his Acid Rainmaker. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but we, we saw some good mat work, you mm-hmm. know, from him and everything. Like, that's some nice chain wrestling, which, I, you know, everything I heard of, you know, from him, you know, and this is just, you know, through fucking dirt sheets, was he was more of, like, a garbage-style wrestler, um, you know, just blood and guts. But, you know, he could fucking work, man. So, and he kind of held this match together, you know, for his team. Yes. So, I, I thought this was a really fun uh, match. I love everything with MJF and Sean Spears. That was an interesting dynamic. And I thought they were really smart, you know, with the end of this match, having Sean Spears actually get the pin mm-hmm. over Darby Allen because that's something Cody couldn't do. So, you know, you better believe he's going to bring that up in his next, you know, promo. No, I'm really digging um, heel Sean Spears. Yes, yes. He feels like a star. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I don't know if you caught it, but he did an interview with JR this week. Um, if you're not following their YouTube channel, follow their YouTube channel. Um, if, if anything... If the show is anything like when they actually go, you know, weekly, if what we're seeing on the YouTube channels, anything like what we get from the show, it's going to be great because the production value is high. Um, the angles and the storylines that they're kind of exploring are great. You know, they did this great sit down um, interview with Sean Spears um, and he with uh, JR. And, you know, they did this really nice, you know, little promo where, you know, he explained his motives and everything like that. 
really kind of set up, you know, the program between him and Cody. And then um, at the end, you had the big reveal that uh, Tully Blanchard is now, you know, in his corner, which is fucking huge, mm-hmm. you know, because that's, you know, Cody's dad's one of his worst nemesis. So I thought that was a really nice touch. And Tully's a great talker. So, I mean, I mean, the dude's like 60 something now, but hopefully he still, you know, is on his game. But, um, you know, I think that's a cool dynamic to have, you know, between, you know, the two. Um, so um, they also, which, you know, we'll talk about later on, they also did a great promo with uh, Hangman Page. You know, he hasn't really cut like a, a, a promo, you mm-hmm. know, in the last two, um, you know, events. So they gave him some time and everything like that. And they did this really nice promo with him where like he's pulling out his stitches and everything and just fucking bleeding. It's really well done. You know, I, I was like, okay, all right. It got me more invested in Hangman Page. You know, I, I already loved him as a wrestler, but just character wise, I thought mm-hmm. it was great character building. Because I've, I mean, we'll get more to it when we get to his match, but I just feel like, is he in this position where he's the best choice to be champion right off the bat mm-hmm. at the moment? And I think they need to expose him more. Yes. And really push him as a potential champion. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we get to his mm-hmm. match because I, I, I see where you're coming from. But, you know, this, the promo that he cut with, you know, I think it's Road to All Out or something they're calling it. Um, it's on the AEW channel. Because mm-hmm. well, one thing I do take, you know, issue with is like, I feel like they're like releasing things on all these different channels where I wish it was just all coming from one single channel. Because mm-hmm. there's like, there was like a road to, oh no, on uh, Cody's channel. Yes. Right? The Nightmare channel, the Nightmare Family channel. He was doing a lot of the road to um, Fighter Fest and shit. Uh, and then on uh, the Young Bucks channel, you know, the All Elite channel, being Elite channel, they had shit. So it's like hard to track, like what am I supposed to actually be watching? <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I luckily found this and it, it was, it was well done. They even had Tony Schiavone at like command center or something. Very nostalgic, very eighties vibe, you know, him like, you know, standing in front of all these like fucking, you know, computer screens and shit like that, you know, something they used to do with like me and G back in like the WWF days, mm-hmm. you know, having him like totally green screened in, like in front of like, you know, where the director sits and everything. So, but I, it, it felt very professional. You know, very polished, which I liked. So, but anyway, so moving on. Um, something that I wasn't a huge fan of. Uh, Brandy what do you Rhodes. Mean this was a very professional and polished match. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Brandy Rhodes versus Ali. 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 Um, yeah, I didn't feel like this belonged on the card, and I was kind of confused by it. Um, so they have this whole promo, which was great talking about Brandy's insecurities and everything like that. It seemed like, you know, like how she doesn't feel like, you know, she's, she belongs almost. It was a really nice, like, package, you know, for her and everything. Where, um, I was like, okay, I see where they're going with this and everything like that, you know. Because she's still training, she's still very young, you know, in the Mm -hmm. ring. Um, I think she's only been wrestling for like two or three years. Um, so she's super green. So I get it. You know, this is a great way to kind of like, you know, paint a picture for the fans and everything like that, you know, and frame it so people understand where she is skill level wise. But then they have her come out and she's like, you know, after that, like total baby face, like package and she's a total heel. And I was like, wait, what was the point of that? I didn't understand. You know, and they have awesome Conger corner and everything like that. And the match is I think the fans were being polite. It was subpar at best. Um, 
you know, I, I don't know. And it was 11 minutes long. Like, it was way too long for what it was. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand that choice either. You know, and I, I felt like some of these matches, it definitely, this is rare that I'm going to say that they could have shaved off some time. Because the pay-per-view in general, I think it was like three hours and 40 minutes, yeah. which felt long for this card, you know. Um, so, uh, but yeah, no, I just felt like this, she's just not ready for the amount of spotlight that she's getting. No, I, I hope they're not, like, pushing her too much towards that kind of... Um, Stephanie McMahon Stephanie McMahon role. McMahon role, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what it feels like. Because mm-hmm. she's in charge of the women's division, right? Yeah, I don't need that heel GM, you know, here. So, um, it'll be interesting. Like, I'm fine with her working matches and everything like that, as long as it's in the contents of, like, she's still training, she's still learning. Mm-hmm. You know, and doesn't really, you know, interfere with, like, you know... I don't know, the main storyline is going on in the main, you know, in the women's division. So, but it is what it is, man. You know, there's nepotism everywhere. (laughs) All right. But the cool element at the end. Yes. uh, Yes. Awesome Kong comes out to, no, sorry. Aja Kong. Aja Kong comes out and uh, helps out Ali. Ali. Now you got me just mixing up names. Sorry, man. (laughs) Um, After Brandy Rose and Awesome Kong decide to attack her. Yes. And we get this nice little stare down between the two uh, Kongs. I'm excited for that. Mm. You know, I, I it can't be a super long match because I don't know how much Aja can really move anymore. But um, I'm excited to see a nice hard hitting fucking match between mm. those two. Yeah, maybe like a nice like you know five to ten minute match, nothing too long, but you know, just have them brutalize each other. Yeah. Also, yeah. I felt like back to the match. I'm gonna bitch a little more. About it. <laughs> it didn't really help Ali mm-hmm. at all. You know, since it was, right? This is like one of her first matches with yeah, him. Yeah, no, that's um, her second match okay. with him. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like she's not established enough, you know, to have her lose to Brandon mm. at this point. But I don't know. Enough of that. So, <laughs> enough bitching. All right. So next up, we had the three-way tag team match uh, featuring Dark Order, uh, Angelico, and Jack Evans. And a boy with his dinosaur, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus with Marco Stunt. Um, fucking Luchasaurus, man, is a star, huh? Yes. Right? <laughs> I had no idea he could fucking go like that no. either. I didn't see any of that. I already liked him. Now he's just a fucking amazing yes, wrestler as well. Yes, yes. So. <laughs> I thought that was pretty fucking awesome, uh, he man. He just took on everyone, too. Um, I will say, I feel like Dark Order's not getting over. You know, with the crowd still, I feel. Like I still they... dig it, but I, I see it with the crowd. I, I get it. <laughs> I don't understand what they are. Like that's the problem. I feel like you know they botched the introduction to those characters because mm-hmm. I don't understand what they are about or who they are, who they're supposed to be. You know, and I I understand like oh, there's mystery behind, but I don't know. I need to be more invested in them, I guess. So, but they're the ones who actually, you know, won the match, which, you know, I was surprised Mm -hmm. by, but I guess I shouldn't be since they're kind of like the only ones who've got like kind of an angle going right now. Um, But I I felt like everyone got to shine here, um, especially Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I mean, they're stars at this Mm -hmm. point, you know, they're super over. Um, But, you know, I think they've got a really nice tag team division. They really do. They've got lots of good players, you know, now, so... Yeah, and this was actually to get into all out, right? To like get into like a buy. Yeah, I I think they're facing uh, SCU, if I'm not mistaken, or for the possibility of a buy in the tournament, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. 
Well, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I, I get it. I understand, you know, why they had Dark Order win, but I don't know. I'd much rather have had uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy get over here. But I don't want them to keep on eating pins. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. Now, overall, though, I mean, it was a good match, you know, um, 15 minutes, you know, not too long and everything. And I think everyone got showcased nicely. Yes. So, all right. So next up, we have Adam Page versus Kip Sabin in a singles match. 19 minutes as well. Yes. This was a long one. I understand, you know, part of me at first was like, do you really want Adam Page taking this long to get rid of Kip Saban, like to pin Kip mm-hmm. Saban? I understand they're trying to get over the fact that he's injured and that he's not 100%. So he's kind of like overcoming something when he's facing Jericho. I get it. But at the same time, I feel like it's still like a lot of people are still getting to know him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he needs to shine more. You know, and get over with his ring work. So, um, I don't know if a 19-minute match against this guy who's coming... You know, I understand, you know, a lot of people know him, but I feel like he... Don't even put him in this situation. Put him against someone else. You know, I I, I think they probably didn't want to hurt Kip Saban's push at all. But if that's the case, then, you know, have him go up against someone else where, you know... It could be a 10-minute affair and you're done and you mm-hmm. get over Adam Page, you know, as, you know, a number one contender. So, but I, I I love all the selling he did. I thought it was a good match and everything. I just don't like the way they booked, you know, the finish, you know, or the match in, in general. Like, this didn't feel like this was two main event caliber stars going up against each other. That's That was the problem I was having. Mm-hmm. I felt like there wasn't enough build to it. There wasn't enough story around it or anything yeah. like that there's nothing that really benefits both guys in the even end. the way adam page earned his number one mm-hmm. you know contendership is on the pre-show and the the whatever battle royal mm-hmm. so you know like right away i would have put that on the main card um you know and i would have had it been a bigger deal at least have him in another match where you know he could sh- you know really get over you know what a badass this guy is um so but yeah, you know, and if it's going to be a 19 minute affair, you know, have it against someone more established where the crowd gets that this is, you know, him really overcoming something mm-hmm. injured. Where I don't feel like people know who Kip Saban is. I don't know who Kip Saban is. So I don't think it had the same effect. You know, that's my main issue. Where if it was like someone established or something like that, you know, it would have been a bigger deal and it would have made more sense. Okay, well, he can beat this guy. He, you know, hurt, then he can definitely, you know, he. He's definitely up to the challenge of going against Jericho. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it is what it is. Um, I I like the angle they had with you know Jericho coming out and everything like that and attacking him. My one issue is I felt like Jericho should have cut the promo then and there. Yeah. Instead of coming back out again, I thought that was a little weird. Um, he really fucked up Hangman's uh, hey face though. That was fucking nasty. Mm-hmm. Like that fucking black eye and shit. That was pretty fucking badass. Is he actually used that for his promo on um, the show where he uh, did a little um, YouTube video where he like yanked out his stitches and everything like that. Um, I felt like too, like when he, so Jericho, you know, beats him down and everything like that. He's disguised as, you know, one of the dark order. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, which was pretty obvious, you know, so. It's a stick. Yeah, it's just, I guess, you know, but I think at this point you'll probably move away from it. 
because I, I feel like it might be getting a little stale at this point. Um, but I feel like he could have just basically, you know, beat him off, you know, chased him away, and then he could have gotten the mic and cut the same promo mm-hmm. that he did, you know, on the YouTube show. It was weird to... Oh, well, wait. I feel like Adam Page could have oh. gotten the mic and, like, you know, I don't know, promote, you know, who he is, let the audience know who he's at, because we haven't heard much from him, like, on any of these shows. Mm-hmm. So I felt like that was a good opportunity to show, like, okay, I just went through this fucking battle, I just chased off Jericho, you know, here, who this is who I am and everything like that. Cut the same fucking promo. It's a badass promo, you know, just right there in the ring, unless, you know, he's just not comfortable you know, doing that live. So, I don't know. And that's all petty little gripes, you know, <laughs> but, you know, that's just how I would have done mm. it. So, all right. Uh, what do we have next? Uh, next we have the Lucha Brothers going up against SoCal Uncensored. This was a fun match. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one thing I took issue with, and I didn't real, I, I guess this was a no DQ match or something like that, because it felt like the tag rules just kind of went out the window at some point. Mm. Um, you know, which it is what it is. Um, I like, I would like them to kind of establish like the rules for each division, you know, and I, this is just me being an old, you know, wrestling fan, I guess. And I'm, WWE is just throwing this out the window. Um, of late and it's driving me nuts. Um, but I would have liked to like, okay, if we're going to like treat this as a competitive, like, you know, sporting event and everything like that, and really focus on the sport aspect of, you know, AEW, then I feel like they need to establish more rules, you know, like what the rules are. And if it is something where like, you know, tags are optional or, you know, you've got this count until you get in the ring, you know, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Um, but they really haven't established that yet. You know, I love the time limit. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. I think it has a lot of drama to the matches and everything like that. And it makes sense. Um, but, you know, you need to, like, the, these guys were just, it was like a tornado match at yeah. one point. <laughs> you know? And, I, and that's very Lucha style and everything. But then establish that, you know, we're going by Lucha rules in this match. You know, it, it's just one line. That's all it takes from the commentators. You know, just one line. Um, once again, with the commentating, um, they need to go down to a two-man booth. You know, three-man booth. It's just not working for mm-hmm. me whatsoever. Um, what? Oh, God. What's the fucking... So there's Excalibur, JR, and then what's the other guy's I name? I don't remember, remember his name. So he was driving me nuts. Because <laughs> it felt like he just wasn't on the same page uh-huh. as everyone this time. Um, JR sounded upset half the time. Just yes. You know, the rules weren't really established. Yes, he was definitely getting annoyed. Um, but it, it it just it just wasn't flowing. Like, it's not clicking. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like JR and Excalibur have more chemistry together. At least they did here. It's just when, you know, asshole would chime in and just kind of throw everything off. Mm-hmm. And so. even though I'm not a big fan of the guy, the, the guy that they worked with on during Firefest, who does tons of video game... Um, Commentating. commentating, yeah, okay. commentating. Um, did a better job yes. than what they, they got. They had was... better chemistry mm-hmm. together. Absolutely, I know. Like Alex Marvez, like has like a, he's like a uh, an NFL commentator for the Jags or something like that. So I think that's kind of why you know you know Tony's put him in this position. Um, and I think he works fine as like maybe like a backstage guy or something like that doing interviews. I think that would work, but. I don't know. It's just, it's 
mucking up the works, it feels mm-hmm. like, you know. Um, so, and I've never been a fan of like three man moves. So, but that being said, this was a fun match, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, which I think should be expected <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Man, the Lucha Brothers are over. Yeah, and I feel they like are. they're going to like. Make I feel like they're more over than the Bucks are. Merch. Maybe it feels like I feel like they get a bigger reaction. So I mean, they got an awesome fucking look, mm-hmm. you know, and they can obviously go. Uh, but yeah, no, I, it, they're they're super over. I don't know what kind of contract they have with them because they're still working in AAA as well. Yeah, yeah, and they were promoting a AAA event mm-hmm. during the show, so. They must have some kind of working agreement, though. So I hope Lucha Brothers get to like work with AEW a lot, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, but yeah. So, what do we have up next? Uh, up next, we have Kenny Omega going up against Sema. Uh, great match. It was a good match. Yo, you you you're just gooding it, huh? <laughs> I thought this was a great match. I enjoyed this. I enjoyed the match. I yes. en- I enjoyed this more than I enjoyed Sema uh, uh, with uh, Christopher Daniels. This that well, yes. <laughs> You know, I feel like they clicked really well mm-hmm. together. Um, yeah. But is that just because it's Kenny Omega or... Well, I mean, Christopher Downs is no slouch. No, but... So, I don't know. I'm not... Yes, probably because it's Kenny <laughs> Omega. So. But I, I... We haven't had many Kenny Omega matches, mm-hmm. you know, in the past six months. So, it's just great to see him out there, you know, wrestling this type of match. So It felt like he really got into his groove and everything. So, I... I dug the match, you know. It was long. It was 22 minutes long. Um, but I, I didn't feel the 22 minutes, you know. Because there were some matches on this card where I did feel like, okay, it's gone a little long. And I felt like the crowd also got that across, too. Um, they, they, there was parts of the, like, card where they were kind of, like, dead. You know, but I hear that it was, like, really fucking hot. Mm. So that might, they just might have been tired at that point, you know, which I get. Um, but yeah, no, I, the crowd was definitely up for this match and I felt like this was a damn good match. Um, you know, they both work really well together. I know they have a history, so, um, but yeah, no, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised by an awesome <laughs> match by Kenny Omega well, at this point. How, how would you have felt if they instead had done Kenny versus, um, Adam Page during this paper? And then have Adam Page go over Kenny? hmm Do you have Kenny though? Because he lost, right, against Jericho? Mm-hmm. But he could handle those losses. Yes. I think that'd be a nice stepping stone for a man. I mean, for Page. like a 22-minute match. You know. And like it would like legitimize, mm-hmm. you know, Adam Page. Um, I think that would have worked. I wouldn't I wouldn't have been opposed to that. You know, because like I said, Kenny will get all that back. You know, he'll be fine. I think that's a good story to tell, too, where like, you know, Kenny's behind the eight ball, you know is being like an executive and a wrestler too much for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could have been a, a nice story, you know, going to like the Moxley match and everything. Just yeah. all the internet would be saying, they're burying Kenny Omega. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> but then half of them are complaining because they keep on, uh, the Young Bucks keep on winning too. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, no. I enjoyed the match though. I did. So, but yeah, no. I, once again, that Adam Page thing, that's the one thing that I kind of <laughs> stuck on. <laughs> Because I feel like he's fine. I think he works perfectly for the main event and being mm-hmm. like one of the first like number one contenders for the belt. It's just the way they're going about it. You know, I'm just confused about. It, so, all right. So last match on the card. Yes, we have the Young Bucks going up against the Brotherhood, Cody and Dustin. All right. Thoughts on the match, Christian? I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I just don't think the Young Bucks should have won. I don't know. It felt weird by the end. 
Yeah, I liked that, you know, it got heated and everything like mm-hmm. that, that they were working that angle. Um, you know, the, you know, at first it was just competitive, but then, you know, you could, t- like, it, at first I think they were trying to play that the heat was all with, like, Dustin and everything like that, with the Young Bucks kind of mocking that moment, that awesome moment that they had in the ring at, you know, Fighter Fest. Um, but, you know, then Cody got into it and everything like mm-hmm. that, to the point where he's, like, literally whipping him you know, whipping the young bucks with his fucking belts, his weightlifting belt. Which once again, what are the rules here? What it would <laughs> Are there no DQs? I just Who want knows? them I want them to establish the rules, you know, especially with the first, you know, show. Hey, so. three of them are the boss at that point. Do you yeah. do you say you can't do this? <laughs> well, that's true too. That's all another booking issue. So but anyway, um yeah, it was a good match and everything like that. Um I would have liked to see the Young Bucks be the Young Bucks a little more. I know they're trying to, like, wrestle to the Rhodes Brothers style, you know, and it was very much an old-school tag match at points. And it's awesome the Bucks can work that style, too, you know. I mean, they're one of the best tag teams in the world. But at the same time, I would have liked to see, like, more. And they they were in there. They're sprinkled in there. But, like, more moments where we got the Bucks being the Bucks, too, you know. Um, so this match was long. This mm-hmm. was 31 minutes. Um, I know it's the main events, but I felt like you could have shaved maybe five minutes off this match. And then they wouldn't have been cut off at the end. Yes, because that was awkward too. <laughs> that felt a little bush league when they got kind of cut mm. off because it seemed like they were trying to go home, put the angle to bed and everything like that, and they really didn't have that ability. And then the Bucks were like, no, wait, hold on. And they still came out and... You know, that whole presentation was weird, mm-hmm. you know, because you could tell they were a little nervous about, like, you know, like, Cody passed it to Kenny to say goodnight. And then um, yeah, I don't, Matt, like, had a whisper in Kenny, like, make sure you don't do the gun, you know, because <laughs> they're at a fucking, uh, you know, uh, you know, I guess oh. gun violence. See, that's what I was wondering. Yes. Like, why he wasn't doing the goodbye. Yes. Because <laughs> everything is going towards, you know, yes. victims of gun violence. So, like, Matt had to whisper, because I don't know if Kenny knew that he was saying goodbye. I think Kenny or Cody just kind of passed it over to him, because that's usually, in all fairness, how they mm-hmm. end, you know, the shows. Did, could you actually hear him say, Matt, like, Kenny gets on the mic, and you could see that Kenny was a little confused. But Kenny gets on the mic and he starts going to his thing and then Matt quickly like goes over and like whispers something into his ear and Kenny's like, oh yeah, you know, you're right, of course, you know. Um, and then he goes into his whole thing, but then you could tell like he's trying to figure out how like to say it and then instead of saying bang, he says boing or something like that. So now of course that's a shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees. That explains what the... I, I'm, I skipped the ending promo okay <laughs> um, Christian's like fuck charity it wasn't I, I got out it was very awkward and weird and I was just like it's over and I'm I've yeah. watched so much goddamn wrestling <laughs> I agree I agree but no it was, it was that explains his shirt uh-huh. I was like what why is he on a spring <laughs> yes yes that's why so he had to improv that line at the end um but did he do like a thumbs up instead of the gun? Was he like I don't know boy? what he did. Yeah, I'm not sure what he did. Yeah, no, it was awkward. It was awkward. <laughs> what I love about what they're doing with the shows too is they're doing um, these like press conferences backstage mm. directly after the show. It's all very new Japan. Yes, it is, but it, they're not in character though. 
which is interesting. And I don't know if they'll eventually be in character, but like Tony Khan's back there. They're talking about the show, what worked, what didn't work, and everything like that. It's just really refreshing and makes sense because they're like, you know, let, letting the wrestling media in there to ask questions and everything like that. So um, it, I'd like them to continue that at like for pay per views and everything like that, mm. you know, because it's very sports. That's what you do after a sporting event, you do a press conference, yes. you know, so it makes sense. You know, uh, but yeah, no, right. And it's a New Japan thing. It is a New <laughs> Japan thing, you know. So maybe they will eventually start shooting angles with it and everything. So, but um, if you had to rate this pay-per-view, what would you give it? I know it's not a traditional pay-per-view, but we'll rate it anyway. Uh, I'd give it 3.8, you know? Three. <laughs> it's just, it's it wasn't like a good solid four, I would say. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go three. I'm gonna be a little harder on All it. Right. So I'm gonna say three. Um, but that's not a bad thing. So they, I mean, it it was a charity event mm-hmm. for crying out loud. So I love the look of the the, the place that they're in and everything. And that's the something theater, that, yeah. yeah, that Khan actually owns. Mm-hmm. So you you know they're gonna go back to it. Um, but maybe next time they'll just go like in the winter or something instead of you know the middle <laughs> of fucking summer in Florida and <laughs> try to wrestle a match. So, um, but yeah, yeah. All right. So moving on. Yes, we have WWE's Extreme Rules. My God. Now, at this point, I'd watch, you know, uh, Fighter Fest, not Fighter Fest, uh, Fight for the Fallen, and I watched, you know, some of the G1. Mm-hmm. So I was on like like five to six hours of wrestling <laughs> at this point. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, WWE comes in the picture and they're like no we're not going to give you one of those like little three hour pay-per-views that we've been kind of doing lately we're going to go a good four hours on you yep so um and they, this could have been a three hour pay-per-view if they wanted to it to be but apparently they didn't you know they wanted to do vignettes and shit backstage yeah. and give you well, a bunch of nonsense you'd be amazed how much time i cut like skipping through a lot of the like backstage segments mm-hmm. which i did i watched the majority of them but you didn't because miss I wanted much. To know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest, you didn't miss much. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, pre-show wise, Nakamura defeated Finn Balor for the IC title, and I guess you know part of the story is one Nakamura is actually you know back on camera, you know after being missing for like two months. It feels like um, Balor's back on camera because he's been like mm-hmm. gone for like. It feels like he hasn't been featured since, like, God, when was his last match on the pay-per-view? Was that, uh, was he in Money in the Bank? I believe so. I'm trying to think the last time he had, like, a one-on-one match. Because all I'm seeing is Lashley, but I'm trying to think if he had anything else. Because he won the title again from Lashley, Mm -hmm. right? God, yeah, I feel like he's been off camera for a while. Like, you just see him once in a while randomly. It's like they forgot about him or something. But apparently, Finn has asked for time off. Like, two months. Mm-hmm. Which And they granted it to him because, I mean, their hands are tied. What the fuck they're going to do right now? They're trying to keep everyone happy. Um, so, I don't know if that's the reason why we got the booking that we did. Because um, this was this was a pretty quick match. You know, there wasn't much to this. So I thought this was going to lead to, like, a bigger program or something like that. I thought it could possibly lead to something with, you know, the club, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, him being kind of down on his luck, too. 
Um, it would have made sense to see like the club kind of approach him and everything like that and work an angle, you know, where he's kind of like doesn't know whether or not to, you know, side with them or team up with them. Um, you know, which I, of course, would have been hoping that he would go heel at that point because I would love to see the club all together and get a heel Balor. You know, because I feel like WWE is really missing out on that aspect. Because mm. as a heel, is fucking fantastic, you know. Um, especially that old, like, Bullet Club shit. So, um, but no, I, I guess that's not the case. I think this is just more of, you know, you know, getting the belts off of them and, you know, starting, restarting Nakamura at this point. Um, Thank God. So, yes, yes. Because <laughs> they've definitely been missing Nakamura. Mm-hmm. But you think about it, they really, I mean, Nakamura, Balor, Asuka, I mean, these are... Th- Big players that they just have on the sidelines for no reason. Dumb comment, but there is someone on like Facebook who is every time WWE posts anything is writing Oscar with sad faces. Really? Every single time I go on Facebook and I see anything from WWE. It's like a protest. Post I guess. Or and there's always like a million comments underneath it with more Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she did get on SmackDown this week. They did have their match against the Iconics, finally. It's been like only two months in the making. And the Iconics got themselves counted out. Yep. Um, I, I don't have a problem with that match happening that way if it took place two fucking months ago. And it was the start of the program. The problem is, is we've been building up to this match mm-hmm. and they seem like they kept on forgetting about once again. And then we got that. You know, it's fine for like the start of the feud, but the fact is that we've been in this for like a good month and a half, two months. So it's a little frustrating, yes. you know. I mean, it's going to eventually lead to like a no DQ, no count out match between the two teams, probably at SummerSlam, I'm guessing. Yeah, hoping at this point. So, uh, but yeah, a little odd, but whatever. It should be expected nowadays. Uh-huh. So um, we had a cruiserweight match. Christian, did you watch it? Uh, no. Okay, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> who, so who guessed correctly? On. Did you did you guess correctly or did I guess correctly? I think we both said Gulak. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. So, uh, and Gulak won. So, uh, um, I guess there was a hell of a match between uh, Gable and um, Jack Gallagher. So I need to check that out. Mm-hmm. I guess it was like they went like seventeen minutes or something like that. People were saying it's like match of the year. Already, yeah, that's so. what I'm hearing. I don't know if they've just been exposed to WWE too long. <laughs> <laughs> That we just get like a crumb and it's mm. like a delicious meal now. Um, but yeah, people are fucking raving about it. We know Gable and Gallagher can go, so I'm not surprised. But it sounds like, from what I hear, when uh, 205 Live comes, there's not even anyone in the gorilla position. Like, they just like have the agents work in the matches like go. Like, everyone kind of is just like, okay. It, it's like an afterthought. Wow. Now, yeah. Crazy, right? <laughs> um, all right, so what do we have? We're on the main card. Yeah. Uh, before the show even started, they announced that they're going to start it off with The Undertaker and Roman Reigns going up against Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. So a way to make sure that you guys tune in. Yes. So. Um, it was okay. You know? Yeah, it, was, it was solid. I mean, for an Undertaker match at this point in his life. Yes. Yes. Um, he looked better than his last couple of mm-hmm. outings. I will say that. Um, they definitely projected him a bit. Um, I, I'm so sick of seeing Shane McMahon in the fucking ring mm-hmm. and just sweating and sweating and sweating. Like, he sweats before he even gets out there. Like, he's already, like, dripping with sweat. Um, 
I'm just done with this angle. It's a lot of work to throw around an imaginary chain, right? Uh, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I the match was fine. You know, um, I feel like they're doing a good job with Roman right now because he's just kind of there, you uh-huh. know. And I think he's the the crowd's reacting to him well, you know, because they're not like really pushing him down your throat too much. Um, so I feel like it's a very subtle push that they're doing. You know, um, I think eventually you're going to get that, you know, massive push, you know, once probably SmackDown goes on Fox. Yeah. Um, but I don't hate what they're doing. You know, he's not taking too much time up, you know, where it's like every segment's about Roman Reigns at this point. So, um, you know, it's very underscored. So. Yes, but we all know the truth. Yes. Oh, no, we do. <laughs> we do. <laughs> But this helps him build up and everything like build himself up again and you know they work let him be himself more on promos and everything which I feels like he's kind of getting more comfortable on the mic you know then so be it you know um, I would watch a heel Roman Reigns go up against Kofi I would love that you're not gonna get that though. no, no <laughs> that'd be great um, and that's what you used to do back in the day if someone wasn't over as a baby face you turn him heel you know Make people fall in love with that bad guy character and then turn them face. You know, mm-hmm. that's classic booking. So, um, but whatever. You know, uh, the more they hate you as a heel, usually the more they love you as a baby <laughs> face. That's usually the equation. Mm-hmm. So when you do turn, it's a big deal again. So, but um, anyway, uh, yeah, I was surprised that Roman and Undertaker went over here. Hmm. I really thought they were going to build more towards like a McIntyre uh, Undertaker match. That's kind of what all the rumors are. I didn't feel like they did enough here to build to that. Um, once and then also, my main issue, <laughs> once again with the rules, it's a no holds barred match. Yes. Yeah, people are waiting on the apron for fucking tags. Yeah. And that happens throughout this fucking card, and I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> why everyone forgot how like wrestling rules work. So that that's that's just me, <laughs> you know. And I think that's why I was probably more frustrated with AEW because WWE has been doing this shit left and right lately. Um, so, but yeah, I, I just don't just don't do these this this pay per view anymore. You don't need to do extreme rules anymore. It doesn't make any sense. But it's it's perfect for Philadelphia. And... The crowd was dead. <laughs> the crowd was dead. This is a horrible yes. crowd. And that's crazy because Philadelphia is usually up, mm-hmm. you know. They're usually a hot crowd, but they were dead. You know, I thought it was almost unfair, like, to some of the matches. So, um, but yeah. yeah. Uh, Undertaker and Roman won. The Graveyard Dogs, right? Is that yeah. what they're going back? <laughs> All right. And this is this is exactly what I'm talking about. The Revival and uh, versus the Usos. I thought this was a good match. But the crowd could give a shit. Mm-hmm. They didn't care about this match at all. You know? And I think I, you could tell that they were trying... At one point, it felt like both teams were trying to elicit a response from the crowd. Because they were, like, kicking into high gear. And they still were getting nothing. And the problem is, is they just haven't been booking anything for them. Yeah. You know, they kind of forgot about this feud. And then they try to restart it for the paper. Because when they announced this, I was like, Oh, yeah, I guess they're kind of in a feud. But we've just forgotten about it over the last, like, couple weeks. Um, but yeah, I was happy to see the revival go over. Makes me scared to death that they resigned though. You know, at the same time. But it was a good match. It was a good match. Mm-hmm. You know, it just sucked that the crowd was so out of it. 
Um, what do we have next? Um, next we have Aleister Black going up against Cesaro. Now, what was your thoughts on this match? This is his re-debut. It was fine. I, I still, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't like quick finishers. Okay. <laughs> oh, like a striking finish? Yes. Well, you're going to have to deal with that. I know. <laughs> For the most part, I did like, I did like the animosity they were in the ring against each other. I love Cesaro just constantly uppercutting him over and over again near the end, but at the same time, there wasn't too much to this match. I would have been fine with this match if it was like a month into his like re-debut. You yeah. know, like if he came out and he's been dominant against people for like the last couple weeks and then he like runs into Cesaro and they have this kind of match. Because, um, yeah, they've been pushing Cesaro a lot like the last couple weeks but you know for someone who they're gonna push to the moon like Alistair Black it feels like this should have been I don't know more one-sided like he should have gotten more offense mm. in this was a great match but I think you need to establish you know Alistair Black more I hear you but I just don't think they really have anything for him yet it I with the amount of time they've been like you know, giving him with vignettes and stuff like that. I mean, you might be right, but it feels like they're definitely invested in him at least. Mm. So I would have been fine with him, you know, working squash matches, you know, on SmackDown um, and then, you know, you know, running into his first challenge, which is Cesaro. So, um, you know, and then they had them work this match again on SmackDown and it, it, I don't understand why, like it, it was a much quicker match. Mm. And it was still fine for what a TV match, but it was like, well, what was the point of that rematch? Besides, like, just burying Cesaro now. Because <laughs> it's not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just makes Cesaro look bad. You know, I feel like, you know, where you could have had Alistair then go to someone and just dominate them. I, I, I just didn't understand the booking. Um, but that's me. <laughs> um, but like I said, if this was, like, a month into, like, him being back, mm-hmm. I would have dug the match. And I did dig the match. It was a good back and forth, but... I just I, I I'm just so wary of their booking now, especially with the NXT stars that you know because they did the same thing with Nakamura. I don't know if you remember when he um, came up for his first match against Ziggler, mm. and he like worked like a twenty minute match. Yeah, and we like, we both I think we both said the exact same thing. Where yeah, like he should have just squashed him and moved on. Yes, like you know, establish the, him mm. as you know this fucking force. Well, even the crowd was like feeling like. Oh, Nakamura's gonna kill you, you know? Yeah. Like... And then, yeah, it was a really strong back and forth. And at the time, Ziggler wasn't, you know, being no. pushed. So it kind of made Nakamura look weak. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I love wrestling, so I, I did enjoy the match. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of not going anywhere, we had Bailey going <laughs> up against Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. Yeah. The storyline had no point. What the fuck? <laughs> it's like they forgot the storyline in booking this. Mm-hmm. It, like I appreciate them booking Bailey strong, but at the same time, it felt like the whole storyline between between Nikki and Alexa was gonna at least come to a head, or like you know, we get another chapter. This went nowhere. Nowhere. This made no sense. You had Nikki have all this fucking steam going into the well. Going into the last couple weeks, where she actually got a pin on on um, Bailey, and you know, it seemed like you know, oh, she should be the one getting this title shot. 
then you ruin that by fucking having Bailey beat her like the next week for no mm-hmm. reason. And then, I mean, then this match happens and she makes fucking Nikki and Alexa look bad. And then nothing happened between them. Like, I was like, okay, well, they're going to fucking, you know, go to the next, you know, stage of this whole, like, relationship. And they didn't even bother. It made no, no fucking it sense. it looks like for the entire moment, it's like, oh, Alexa's going to turn on her any second. Yeah. And it just cuts the commercials. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Like, once again, I like that they're establishing Bailey as, you know, this badass character again, you know, and like, you know, letting her wrestle and everything. But I don't think this really helped her that much, unfortunately. You know, because the crowd was completely torn, you know, going into this. Like, who should we cheer for? Bailey or Nikki? You know, because you could tell the crowd loved Nikki, too, Mm. you know, and her innocent character. Which is crazy to say. Um, <laughs> so I'm just... I, I, for me, the way I'd book it is I'd have Nikki just go fucking berserker on Alexa eventually. You know, we see the character that we got in NXT, but I know that they're not going to do that. You know, it's just going to be another bliss turn. Oh, they've already moved on. Yeah, so... But she's still in her corner, though. Mm-hmm. You know, on, us, on Raw, we had a number one contender sh- uh, match for the uh, Raw um, women's belt. Um, for well, the matches for SummerSlam. So you had oh god, I'm trying. I'm doing this off the top of my head. You had uh, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, uh, Natalia, and then was uh, Carmella in it or no? Carmella? Yes, Carmella. Um, no Nikki Cross because you think she'd be part of it, mm-hmm. right? Um, it was 24 minutes long. No angle shot or anything like that between like Alexa or Nikki. It was an elimination match, which made it even more brutal. Um, and I, you know, it sucks to say like if they had other wrestlers in that, other women's wrestlers in that match, you know, I'd be fucking stoked to get a 24 minute match, you know, with the women. Like if you had Ember Moon in the match or something like that. But I felt like, you know, when you have, you know, wrestlers the caliber of, like, you know, Alexa and um, Carmella, you know, a 24-minute match was just a little too long, you know, and it kind of exposed them Mm -hmm. um, in a way. And the crowd just fucking shit all over the match. Like, it was just a bad look. Because they started chanting, this is awful. They started chanting, let's go, Cena, Cena sucks. Like, they were just, they just took over. Um, lots of like like 10 minute rest holes like i don't know who put the match together but it, I, and maybe that was more of the issue maybe it was just put together poorly mm-hmm. um like where they're trying to stretch for time you know i mean pull asuka into the match you know get people invested in the match by seeing people that they really you know want to see get that title shot and then the fact that they had natalia you know end up winning the fucking thing and now we're gonna get natty versus you know becky i don't want to see that <laughs> We've seen that, you know, over and over. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. and they haven't done enough with it, like, you know, Natty to, like, make me feel like she's an actual contender. You know, maybe they'll do that in the next couple of weeks. You know, they had her, like, you know, have a nice little, like, badass comeback line with her. But it, that also felt a little out of character for her, too. Yeah, and then also, for me, it made Becky look weak. You know, they can't figure out how to book Becky again for some reason. So, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Alexa Bliss, of course, took to Twitter to defend her match as well. Oh, yeah, Uh, which is never a good look either. Just let it be. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's. I'm sure they were probably told, okay, you've got this amount of time to fill. 
you know, try to fill it. And if you don't have, you know, the ability, you know, to fill it, you know, or the right booking, because they have agents who could help them. Okay, do this, do that. Like, there was just too many, like, rest holds going on. It was weird. I don't know what they were doing. You know, and I, maybe it's part of them, like, looking to the commercials. I don't understand. The slow, methodical Because, like pace. you said, you give me any other group of women wrestlers, be like, awesome, 24-minute match. They mm-hmm. deserve that. But this was not the group to give it to. So, um, all right. Anyway, so we had Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. Last, Last man, man standing. This was fine for what it was, mm. but it was 10 minutes too long. <laughs> they could have done everything that they Fair did enough. in this match in like, you know, seven and a half minutes. So, and they could have just walked them. And I would have been totally satisfied. This felt like exactly what happened with the Batista and Triple H match. You know, WrestleMania, where it's like, oh, I like some things that are happening in this match, but you're stretching it out way too long. Like Bobby Lashley constantly having to walk away to cheer, like to like yell at the crowd and then yeah. come back and fight. So. You don't need to go 17 minutes here. Like, it's it's okay. Like, we just want to see the big guys, you know, beat the shit out of each other for a few minutes and then do your little gimmick and then go home, mm-hmm. you know? So you had him, like, you had uh, Strowman putting him through some weird box that was in the middle of the crowd. Yeah, I was like, what is this supposed to be? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did that at Mania with Shane and uh-huh. Miz. was like, where? what are they on? Where Where are we? I let that go because at least the drop looked like crazy. Yes, you know, yes. But... And you could be like, okay, what's well, a tower or mm. a camera tower? This was just like a weird stage that yeah. happened to be there. Uh, this doesn't do anything for me when I'm watching Kota Ibushi jump off railings. Yes, you know exactly. what I'm saying. <laughs> I did. I will say I liked it when um, Strowman had to burst out of the wall at the end. Yes, but that that took too long to get there. It was too obvious. Yeah, like maybe they should have had a different camera angle going over instead of the obvious shots. Their camera work has been shaky lately too. They've been missing shit. Usually they're on point. Mm. With their camera stuff, but I've noticed that. Like, they have not been as fluid as they usually are. So I don't know if they've had, like, a change with, like, you know, some Who's ever on the switchboard? Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. They're just a little off lately. Um, And I don't usually notice that, but yeah. Uh, But yeah, just a little too long, you know. Uh, What do we have next? Well, next we have the New Day going up against Daniel Bryan and uh, Rowan. I I almost called him Eric Rowan. (laughs) <laughs> I was looking for the Eric part. Uh, Daniel Bryan, Eric Rowan, and Heavy Machinery's Otis and Tucker. This was a good match. Yes. This was a good match, but the crowd did not care. No, they did not. It was you so know? fucking good. <laughs> and I was exhausted at this point, so I stopped caring a little mm-hmm. at a certain point, which sucked. You know, I, I went back and rewatched it. There's multiple times in multiple matches where you see the baby faces. Like trying to jeer up the crowd. Yeah. And the crowd gives them nothing. It's so weird. I was like, why is this crowd so dead right now? <laughs> what happened? Um, you know, I don't know if they just blew everything, all their energy on the Undertaker match, maybe. I, I don't know. They were just there to see Roman and the Undertaker, the graveyard dogs, if you will. I guess. <laughs> I just don't get it. So, but yeah, this was a good match and everything. Um, it, <sighs> Jesus Christ. Well, like, okay, so Daniel Bryan, being the smart heel that he is, you know, realizes in the middle of the match that there's no DQ, so he starts cheating and everything like that. But it drove me nuts because, at the same time, if there's no DQs, why are people, once again, waiting on the fucking mm-hmm. apron, you know, waiting for tags? <laughs> Especially like, in a triple threat scenario. Exactly. You know? Yes, yes. And then, 
like are there rope breaks if there's no dq like what what are we doing here there wasn't rope breaks there wasn't rope breaks here okay okay like they like big there has this whole moment where biggie has to get to the ropes and he realizes oh it's there's no rope break, so he has to get out of the actual. But I feel like ring. in other matches, I was seeing rope breaks. Yes, it happens <laughs> all the goddamn time, and I hate it. I hate triple threat tag matches because they're not like, done right. Okay, ever. All right, I guess I d- I didn't see that moment, or I just forgot about it. Uh, I understand wanting to put the belts on the new day just to kind of establish. You did bravo, Christian. <laughs> <all the match. laughs> but at the same time. I don't know what it does for because we've just been there and we've done that so many it times. Doesn't six do times. anything. It just you know. You could have established heavy machinery at this point. This would have been a good you know time to really establish them as an actual threat. They're over with the crowd, so um, certain crowds. Yeah, not Philadelphia. No, definitely not. <laughs> they popped though when you know Otis started going into his thing or wherever they're actually from. What was that town? What like from? What was the last pay per view? Oh, oh, um, <laughs> no, what was the problem there? Because they, right? It was, da- they were going up against Dan oh, Bryan. Oh, they were close to Seattle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They were like a little outside <laughs> of Seattle, but yeah, it didn't help them at all. So Seattle is definitely Daniel Bryan country. So, um, but yeah, I mean, once again, the, it was the crowd reaction that just killed it for me in mm-hmm. this match. It sucked because the, it was a good match. Um, and Daniel Bryan is awesome. I don't know where they're going with his storyline right now. He was supposed to have some kind of announcement on SmackDown. He came out while the New Day was out there. Um, they challenged him to a tag match with Rowan. And then Bryan kept on like, you know, about to say something and stopping and then just walking away and then coming back and walking away. And then that was it. So he made no announcement. So I have no idea what the fuck they're doing, where they're going. Um, they took him out of the... He was supposed to be in the uh, Battle Royal for number one contendership yeah. at um, SummerSlam to go for the Universal title. And they took him out of that match last minute because they advertised him before the uh, match, um, before the show. And so everyone thought, okay, will they figure out a new angle for him or something like that? Some people were getting worried that he was going to have... Like he got injured again or something like that. Um, but that doesn't seem to be the case at all. It feels like it's a storyline, but I just don't know where they're going with it at this point you know and i hate that they're doing this thing where they're teasing things or like announcing things and you know advertising shit and then not paying off Mm -hmm. you know i feel like that's a bad precedent to like really set with people you know because they did that a lot with brock you know and him cashing in so um but it is what it is right (laughs) um and it was after this match that paul Heyman came out correct I believe so, right? And he kind of made the announcement that mm-hmm. Rock was going to cash in here. Um, so, yes, because it was before Kofi's match. So mm-hmm. it must have been, the, you know, right before this match. Um, right before AJ's match, I believe. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I still didn't believe him at that point because we've been <laughs> kind of, you know, uh-huh. bamboozled a few times. But uh, moving on, we had AJ Styles versus Ricochet. Yes. Um, it was a good, I, I really, I think this was one of the better matches on the card. I agree. But at the same time, I didn't, I wasn't super like into it. As, as, not as much as their match on Raw or I believe it was Raw. Correct? Yeah, their first match yes. on Raw was good. Um, the other match was pretty short. This match was more, I felt like establishing the club, mm-hmm. you know, as a force, which I'm fine with. Um, I like that their heels doing heel things. But it doesn't do anything for Ricochet. 
to lose the title this quickly. They're good. They're, it's gonna be okay. Gonna I feel like okay. they. I feel like they're invested in him. Okay. They're giving him a lot right now. Like compared to what they're giving Finn Balor, who has you know who had the IC belt, they're giving him a lot of time, camera time, and knowing that they're trying to attract that younger crowd, that mm-hmm. younger audience, such as yourself. Um, I feel like you're gonna see Ricochet plenty on camera. I feel like this is probably going to lead to a SummerSlam match between the guys, maybe in a cage or something like that. And you're going to get Ricochet doing really stupid things, um, you know, to win that title back. And then you're going to get that big moment, you know, of winning a belt at SummerSlam. So I, I feel like we're okay. I, I trust them here, you know, because I feel like they need to establish Styles in the club as a force, you know. Um, so I, I I think we're in good hands. Here. I agree then. So, <laughs> but I see what you're saying. You know, mm-hmm. he just won the belt, but um, I think it makes sense for what they're trying to do. Because you, I, for me, it's always about the baby face chasing. You know, mm-hmm. um, it just I feel like it always works better. You know, in a scenario like this. So, especially when you've got a faction. You know, and I like AJ is just a fucking monster heel on Raw. He they they came out. They attacked Ricochet during his match. Just randomly attacked him during his fucking match. It was like the opening match of the night. And then um, they took on the uh, Lucha Dragons. Lucha Dragons? Did I just make up a name? No. Uh, Lucha House Parties. Lucha there. House Parties. They were the Lucha Dragons yes. at one point, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so they uh, took on the Lucha Lucha House Party. And AJ was just a fucking monster in the ring against those guys. He's beating the shit out of them. So I was like, I love this version of AJ Styles. Where have you been, sir? <laughs> oh, he's always fun as a heel. He so. is. He is. Give me more of this. So, um, yeah. No. And um, Ricochet shared a moment with Brock Lesnar. So Lesnar was in the ring, and we won't get too far ahead, but he was in the ring to open the show, and um, he was uh, Ricochet's music hit to start the next match. But when he walked out... They made sure to have Lesnar standing like on the ground by the apron and mm. kind of give him the side eye. So um, I think they're planting some seeds there. Mm. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. For I like think five years from now. Eh, I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So they're planting some seeds, Christian. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, <laughs> you have Ricochet versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. I will shit my pants. You never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> All it takes is him to sell merch. Oh. You know that, right? Like all, all that that matters. You know, is if he, he's over with the crowd and he's selling merch, Vince will get behind him begrudgingly, but he'll well, he get behind. He needs better him. shirts. <laughs> he does need better shirts. You're right. Um. So, but yeah. All right. What do we have next? Uh, Kevin Owens going up against Dolph Ziggler. So they put this both matches that I felt like were going to be on the card were actually on the card, mm-hmm. but this match was two seconds long. <laughs> Literally 17 seconds. Seven, 17 I don't even <laughs> think it was that long, though. I think they're lying. Um, Kevin came out and hit a stunner, and that was it. You know? I was fine with it, though. I was like, okay. That's fine. You know, then he just kind of retreaded what he said. Um, uh, yes, he did. He did down. do that. Where I, I wish he had like just made a new promo. Something else, yeah. Mm-hmm. Give him something else to say. But I did like that they established him you know, once again, you know, um, as being kind of a badass mm-hmm. and everything. So I, I did enjoy <laughs> those that. guys that always buy the um, front row tickets on TV side. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were all shaking their head no because they were they wanted it to be a full match. Oh, I was fine with it. oh okay, yeah, no, I was okay at this point too because mm-hmm. we're ten matches in. I was like, <laughs> all right, 
but it was fun. It was something different, mm-hmm. you know. And I think you once in a while you got to do matches like this to you know fucking put over your fucking talents, yes. you know. You know, make Owens a threat again. So, on that, every match needs to be fucking 50-50 where, yeah. you know, it's going fucking 20 minutes for no reason. But, unfortunately, they try to do this match again as the main event of, you know, SmackDown. I don't know why, you know, Dolph felt like he had to have a match. Was it the same results? Uh, so, no, they started to have the match. Um, Kevin was technically banned from the arena. He... Came in during the town hall meeting, though. He snuck in. He stunned Shane, mm-hmm. which was a nice... It was well shot, but Shane fucked up the stunner somehow. Even though he's taking, like, a thousand stunners in his life. Um, and then, you know, he ran off. Then they uh, established Dolph talking to Shane in the backstage, saying that he wants a match against Kevin. You know, he can set things right. Shane grants it to him, you know. So Dolph has to get, like... Kevin Owens' number from the referee, which I was like, what? Why are we seeing this right now? Why does the ref have his number? Yes, just have him show (laughs) up. I don't need to see this segment. Like, what is this? Um, And then they have the match, and they're going back and forth, and then Shane, like, literally brings out an army of fucking heels. Like, everyone. Like, Nakamura. I think Orton's out there, maybe. Um, Joe is out there. Uh, Just craziness. And then, like, so it's, like, basically um, a lumberjack match. Uh, and then, so, like, literally a minute later, Kevin Owens rolls out of the ring, stuns Shane, and then just runs <laughs> out of the arena. <laughs> Which is smart. I because mean, <laughs> he knows he's going to get his ass kicked at that point. So, but yeah, yeah, I was like, okay, all right. So, literally, Kevin Owens is supposed to be Stone Cold now. So I'm sure at the Raw reunion, which is happening this Monday, they're going to have like some kind of segment between him and Stone Cold, and we'll get like dueling stunners or something like that. I or they just it's... both come out on a giant beer truck. And just spray, spray shame. Yeah, that would be funny too, though. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was, yeah, that that was SmackDown. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, It's up, all blur at this point. Up next, we have Kofi Kingston going up against Samoa Joe. I was really disappointed with this match. Um, I felt like this did nothing for either guy. I didn't understand why this match even took place. Because if you're not going to have this be like a real program or a real feud, then don't do it. It was just mm-hmm. like a placeholder. And I, I I don't know if I just got higher expectations at some point, you know? Cause I, well, I, I like you expect it up. to be something awesome between these two competitors. It just was disappointing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they... They really haven't done anything with Kofi since he's won that title. No. Like, he, he hasn't had, like, you know, a worthy feud. And it, it's disappointing. You know, he's getting wins. You know, he's working little programs. But not, like, a pivotal feud to really, like, hang his hat on. Like, yeah. a great program to really establish himself as the champ, you know. Um I don't know. I don't know. I, and, and like once again, too, I hate the way they're booking Joe. Is like he's this guy who just kind of fills in when you know they're waiting for another you know program to yeah, start. He definitely feels like he's just the fall guy. He's like the summer number one contender because I feel like it's every summer where he mm-hmm. gets like a, a match. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, because I think he like right did he get a match at Great Balls of Fire against Lesnar. And then they, at least they, I think they put him into the SummerSlam match or something mm-hmm. where like it was a triple threat. But he, 
it, it, it feels almost Bray Wyatt-like at this point, where he's cutting these fucking badass promos yeah. and everything like that, but he's all fucking barked because everyone keeps on beating him. You know? They've got to let, get him... Let him have the belt, man. <laughs> God damn. He's so over with the crowd, too. Yeah. And he's like the best heel they have on the mic. He's the best guy they have on the mic, mm. honestly. You know, him and Owens are probably a toss-up, but they're just... They're misusing them, man. They really are. Because the crowd uh, gets up every time he comes out. You think Joe Owens, WrestleMania? Well, I'd love that shit, but I, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> Not the way they've been booking him. Shane Owens, probably. He came out after this, um, after uh, on SmackDown, you know, and it looked like he was going to get a match with Kofi on SmackDown. But then fucking Elias comes out and interrupts. And then Randy Orton comes out and interrupts. So then Elias, well, we can't all three have a match with Kofi. I was like, well, actually, you could. You could have, a, you know, a four-way. It's happened before. Well, we, you know, why don't we do, you know, the Teddy Long special, you know, three-on-three. Three. Um, Randy says, no, I'm not doing that. And walks away. But then Kofi challenges his manhood. So then they have the fucking match. You know, because for a second I was like, okay, so now maybe you have Joe come in here and just, like, demolish Kofi or something like that. And then win the title and be a fun little moment to do on TV, make it unpredictable and fun, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, build up Joe again. But nope, nope. He just looked kind of like an idiot standing there, you know, <laughs> accepting this, you know, throughout the rematch. Uh, so, yeah, that was definitely disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, up next, we have Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch going up against Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans for hopefully the last fucking time. Lacey Evans, I'm happy to um, announce, was not on Raw whatsoever this week. So, um, Baron Corbin was, for some reason. <laughs> it's a hot commodity. This was another match where they're standing on the apron, and then all of a sudden they realize they don't have to stand on the apron anymore, and just becomes, you know, just a free-for-all, which I'm fine with. But Well, there's, there's a lot of points where I'm like, Becky Lynch, you're just watching Lacey Evans throw in chairs. You're not doing anything about it. You're, you know. Yeah, and then, so they're not supposed to be able to touch the under the other gender, but like there's a point where, and they have that big moment where, I think it was, you know, they have the big moment where Baron, you know, hits his finisher on. Yeah, the Becky. end of days on Becky. But. but my problem is, is Seth does like a double suplex with Becky with on Lacey. So technically, didn't Seth kind of do the same thing? He pretty much suplexed her. I guess. So, but then he's so outraged. <laughs> I mean, you could argue and then Lacey his was girlfriend hitting. just got hit by the end Lacey of the day. Lacey was hitting. And then why isn't there a DQ then? If they're not supposed to touch, obviously. But then there's no DQs. Ooh, yes. So what is the, so, rules. the rule doesn't even fucking matter. <laughs> <laughs> I should ask for logic in my wrestling. I know this at this point. After I thought 30 the whole years, point was just only the females can pin each other, only the men can pin. Just each don't do the fucking match. <laughs> it's ridiculous. At least it wasn't a look because remember we thought it was an yes. elimination match. I was like, how does that even work? It doesn't make any sense. Um, but whatever, you know, they have the big moment with you know Becky getting mm-hmm. you know hit by uh, the end of days. And then, you know, Rollins goes fucking ape shit, which I enjoyed the moment and everything like that. I don't think it does anything for Becky, though, and her persona. Um, I was hoping that what was ending, what was going to end up happening was Becky would show up on Raw 
and like challenge Baron, like for a fight or something like that, at least have a moment where mm-hmm. she one ups him or something. Um, that didn't happen. So, because she rolled out of the ring and was just out of commission after that. Um, but yeah, you know, Seth has this pretty good moment with Baron where he goes ballistic, you know, gets the fucking pin. He hits the curb stump like three times in the fucking ring. Yes. Um, which right then and there, I would have loved for them just, you know, don't have him on Raw the next day. Sell your fucking injuries. But whatever. Um, <laughs> he's celebrating and then Lesnar's music. Yes. Hits. So, and what I predicted last week happened. Mm-hmm. Lesnar cashes in here, wins the fucking title a little too easily. Yeah. Right? Because it's not like he was super beat down at that point. He just no. won the match, but he hit a, like a German or two and then F5'd him. And that was yeah, it. It was two Germans and an F5, and that was it. I, yeah. I was like, I've seen him kick out of worse. Yes. Yes. Um, so, but, you know, they got the point across. Lesnar wins the title. He's the universal champion again. He starts off raw. Heyman kind of uh, establishes that he's got a lot of clout. You know, he kept on like doing little, like a few little one-liners. You know, talking about his stroke and everything. Okay. Um, I think he's just trying to, you know, for the smart fans' sake. Um, and then um, they set up a battle royal for number one contendership at SummerSlam. You know, who will get the match at SummerSlam? And it's like Roman, Biggie, Seth Rollins, Baron Corbin. Um, Sami Zayn out of nowhere Bobby Lashley Braun Strowman you know I just I thought it was cool that Big E was uh, put in the match I was happy for Big E but then like at the same time I was like why isn't Finn Balor getting you know in, I mean he just lost I guess that's fine um, and we'll talk oh well I know why he was not in there you know it was more of like Nakamura AJ Styles mm. you know you could have had him in there um, it, it would have had a bigger feel to it because there's only so many people that are going to win that match when yes. you put together that you know that group of guys, so um, I was a little concerned that they were going to go to Roman, you know. So I was I was relieved that it was going to be uh, Seth. They did have Randy as part of that match too, and part of me actually wanted to see Randy win, <laughs> um, but you know Randy looks like he's going to be going against Kofi at SummerSlam. Okay. At this point. So um, Randy got the pin on Kofi during that six-man tag. Which is cool. They have history together and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So they could play off of that. But yeah, so Seth Rollins ended up winning the match. Fine. You know, at least he had to earn it. It's not just a rematch for a rematch sake. I hope, though, at SummerSlam they actually have, like, an actual match. Because the last two times they faced each other, it's been, like, literally a couple minutes. You yep. know? Um you know, I would like to see, you know, Brock motivated and actually put in like a 15-20 minute match with <laughs> Seth, you know. Because we've seen good matches out of him with like him and Balor, him and AJ, him and Daniel Bryan. Yeah, but there's no reason Lesnar. for Seth to, you know, not be able to have that kind of match with, you know, Lesnar. So, you know, I'm, if that's going to be the kind of match we get out of it, then awesome. That's cool, you know. Um, but yeah, that was WWE this week. Yeah, I mean, overall, like, we had predicted that this pay-per-view was going to be, you know, a lot of good matches and a crummy finish, but it felt more like it was just kind of meh all the way through. Yeah. uh, It wasn't like, I didn't hate anything about it, but there was nothing that really stood out. Well, okay, I can't say I didn't hate anything about it. (laughs) It's like, I hated plenty of that, but yeah. (laughs) There wasn't anything that, like, really just got me amped up, excited for the future or anything, you know? 
I'm excited about the club being together. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for Ricochet. But other than that, yeah, I agree. Uh, if agree. you had to, you know, give it a star rating, I would say two and a half stars. Two and a half. Um, I give it a three. Okay, I'll, I'll cut them some slack. Okay, I guess I I'm guess. done cutting slack. I'm not green <laughs> on <curve> anymore. <laughs> just you know what kills it for me is that Samoa Joe Kofi match. Mm. It just kills it. I I was really expecting you know at least a four star match out of those guys. Yeah. Um, you know, and they did nine minutes, and it was just nothing. It felt like a glorified TV match, honestly. But I thought it, it, I thought that match started off well, and I thought it was really going to go somewhere, but then it just... Yeah. Shoo. And the finish just came out of nowhere, mm-hmm. you know, and the crowd just wasn't into it. I don't know, man. Anyway, all right. So let's talk about New Japan and the G1. So we... Since we, you know, recorded our last show, <laughs> we've had four nights of the G1. Yes. And a lot of shit has happened. Um, so let's just kind of go through each night, block for block, just results, and then just kind of talk highlights, I guess, right? All right, yeah. All right, so we got B-Block starting on Saturday, last Saturday. Man, a lot of wrestling. A lot of wrestling. <laughs> we had Goto uh, defeating Jay White, which I was surprised by, but that's been an angle that they've been working mm. for a little bit. Um, you had Ishii in a fucking great match against Jeff Cobb uh, going over. Um, I could watch those guys beat the shot of each uh-huh. other all day long. So um, lots of punches, lots of German suplexes. Good stuff. But what do you expect? Yeah, no, no, but that's all I wanted for yeah. the match, and I got it. <laughs> Just a hard-hitting affair. Uh, Yano, god damn it, Yano, defeating uh, Naito. I know he's the spoiler. I know that this happens every fucking G1, but it doesn't mean I have to like it. <laughs> and this was like, I felt like a seven-minute, six-minute match, too, on top of it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, my my pick for winning the whole thing takes his first defeat. Yep. Uh, um, we have John Moxley uh, defeating, thank God, uh, Tai Chi. Yes, Tai Chi trying to cheat right off the bat. Yes, which was fine. Mm-hmm. It was a different dynamic for the match starting off. This was more of a brawl. Um, but yeah, I just don't. I don't care about Tai Chi at all, man. I really don't. Um, but yeah, so. Then um, we had Juice Robinson, which I think is a fucking upset, defeating uh, Shingo. Just the way they've been building him and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And, the you know, his... God, the streak that he was on, you know, before, you know, the Junior Cup. Uh, I was really surprised that, you know, he lost here. But maybe he'll have more of a bumpy road dealing with the heavyweights going forward. But still, this was against Juice Robinson, of all people. Yeah. You know? Well, I think that's kind of the story, too, they're trying to tell, where mm-hmm. he struggled so much in the last G1. Now they're kind of establishing him, and he's got this new attitude and everything like that. So it's a damn good match, though. It really was. So, All right, man. So A block. Your turn, Christian. Oh, well, we had <laughs> Kento defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi, which was kind of nuts because, I mean, you know, Tanahashi is fucking John Cena of New Japan. Yes, yes. But at the same time, you know, they're really pushing Kenta to be the next Shibata. And, like, a big name there. 
I like the dynamic between yes. these two, especially um, the tag match they had um, the night before. Mm -hmm. They're like in each other's face and everything, a good back and forth between the two. You know, um, you know Tanahashi, you know, kind of like trying to like, you know, dominate him and like, you know, show that he's the ace of New Japan. You know, and since, you know, Kenta's the outsider and everything, mm. you know, like he's in his yard. So I, I liked that aspect of it. So, um, but I love that, you know, that they're pushing Kenta right off the bat and making him look strong again. You know, after his WWE run, he definitely yes. needs it. So, uh, all right, what else do we have? Uh, we have Evil defeating Kota Ibushi, which, you know, man, he just springs back to life like there's nothing. <laughs> I forgot he was injured this week. Yes, yes. He was bouncing around on that ankle, no problem, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I was surprised by this, though. I was actually surprised by this, um, the evil winning here, because evil's definitely, it seems like his angle's been that he's just like down on his luck and mm -hmm. everything. So um, I, I kind of figured that would continue until he faced like Sonata, but no, he, he picked up the win here. And I mean, hopefully it's a different year for evil this year. I mean, last year we had uh, the Bullet Club just running amok and ruining things for I forgot matches. about that too, until they started mm -hmm. talking about that. Like how many times <laughs> they got disqualified and shit. Like how bad luck didn't like I don't think he lost a match. No, he, he just, just got disqualified mm -hmm. every time. So they were just like the disruptors last year. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, that was crazy. Uh, we had Okada defeating Zack Saber Junior. in a great match, mm -hmm. um, which is should be expected between those two. I was actually surprised that Saber didn't pick up the win because he was kind of working at it. One of the um, interviews he was doing. Where, you know, he was kind of talking about how he doesn't need to actually win G1 to face Okada. He could just defeat him, you know, to get a match against him. Um, so I kind of, I know they're, I think they're going to um, to England at one point too, to do a card. So I, I was almost expecting to see like those two face gotcha. each other. Uh, except we have Osprey defeating Sonato. Yes, yes. And I don't know if it was here where he got hurt. We heard the big rumors that, you know, he, well, not rumors. Uh, I think New Japan actually, like, confirmed that he got, like, some kind of stinger or something. He was having some neck issues. Mm -hmm. He didn't work one night, um, you know, and people were kind of speculating, like, could he be out for the tournament? You know, because whenever you hear anything with, like, a neck, right away you get scared. But then he was back, you know, a couple nights later. Um, just a madman. Ridiculous. Um, Lance Archer going up against Bad Luck Five. This was fun. Just <laughs> two big guys two beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that shoulder block that Fale took. He took like a running like sideswipe like kind of shoulder block mm. and just went fucking flying. I was like, holy shit. That was a <laughs> nice move. Uh, I, it, it was it was interesting to see uh, Bad Luck like actually take like a clean pinfall like that. Because they usually protect their big guys, but I guess it was against another big man. So... Um, and they're really trying to put over Archer right now. Mm -hmm. All right, so it's we're on to the B block for yes. Monday. Uh, we had uh, Tai Chi um, defeating Naito. Huh. I, I so now I'm kind of worried for Naito. Yes. <laughs> once once it was Yano and Tai Chi, now it's like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Two with, and maybe that's part of you know his storyline mm -hmm. during the, the G one. You know, him, like, building up, you know, building himself up again and going on a streak or something like that and finishing strong. Uh, but it's definitely not looking great for Naito right now. Uh, 
Yeah, I was really surprised by that too. So uh, we had Ishii beating Jay White. So um, yeah, I I I did not see this match. You know, I only caught you know mm-hmm. a few matches. You know, when I could. You know, on each night. <laughs> so, but I feel like Ishii always goes over strong during the G one. Yes. So and rightfully so. Uh, John Moxley defeating Jeff Cobb. This was fun. I did catch this match. <laughs> uh, this was a good time. So, um, you know, this is Cobb's first, you know, G1. Mm. But I feel like it's definitely not his last G1. It seems like the crowd's really into him. But uh, Moxley and Cobb worked well together and everything. Just establishing their styles and everything. So I, I dug it. Definitely went as you thought it would. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Juice Robinson defeating Goto. Yeah, especially after Goto's big win mm-hmm. against Jay White. Um, you know, Juice getting pushed strong here. Um, and then Takagi defeating Yano. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> Thank fucking God. I hope to God Vince McMahon never sees Yano. Because he will fucking sign him uh-huh. right up. Like, Yano's totally, like, his bread and butter. You know, his idea of a comedy wrestler. You know, he mm. would love that kind of shit. And you know he'd sell merch. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> McMahon would give him tons of fucking honor uh-huh. time. Oh, God. Yeah, because he's definitely like the Japanese Santino uh, Morella. Mm-hmm. You know, and Vince loves that shit. So, all right. So we have the A Block Thursday. Uh, Kent, we both, I don't think either of us had time to see this one yet. No, no, we did not. <laughs> we neither, we neither of us saw this. I didn't even know it was happening. Mm. <laughs> so we'll definitely be able. So to I talk. woke up to spoilers. I was like, "Oh, that was tonight or or, or this morning, I guess." We'll be able to talk more of the highlights uh, for this one next yeah. week. Yeah, but um, Kenta defeated Lance Archer. Uh, mm-hmm. We have Evil defeating Sonata. We have Okada defeating Bad Luck Fale. Tanahashi defeating Zack Saber Junior. And Ibushi defeating Will Osprey. Osprey's back, right? Um, and losing. But um, I'm interested to see, like, I'm surprised the way they're booking Osprey. Mm-hmm. I know it's his first G1, and maybe that's like he's kind of doing the Juice storyline from last year. Um, but I just, I, I felt like they were going to book him stronger. You know, and I mean, there's plenty of time left. Uh, but yeah, I'm surprised by that. And I'm also, but it's against Abushi, too. So maybe I shouldn't be too surprised. Um, and then. I was happy to see Evil going over Sonata, and I really want to watch that match to see if like things came to head because they were mm-hmm. definitely teasing a lot of tension between those two. So I'm wondering where that's headed. You know, it, it felt like you know one of those two were going to be leaving Lij soon. So. Well, if anything, I think it would be um, Sonata. You think so? Mm-hmm. Sonata's definitely getting more comfortable. You know, like with the crowd and everything like that. Mm-hmm. You're seeing a lot more charisma out of him. Um, He's a fucking awesome wrestler, but you know you're definitely seeing him like coming out of his shell more, mm-hmm. um, which I enjoy. So, all right, so that's a lot of fucking wrestling, man. <laughs> uh, what are the standings right now, Christian? All right, for a block, we have Kenta with six points, Okada with six points, then we have Archer with four, Evil with four, and then the rest have two except for Zack Saber Jr., which has still only zero points. Wow. That's surprising. Yes. All right. What about the B block? On the B block side, we have Ishii and Moxley with four points. Um, Robinson also with four points. 
we have Goto, Yano, and Taichi, uh, and Takagi with two points. And then Jeff Cobb, Naito, and Jay White. Three big names with zero points. Yes, and they have wrestled one less night, right? Yes. Than uh, the A block. So, um... Yeah, those are some big surprises, mm. though. Jay White having zero points is a big surprise. I mean, man. Jay White had such a huge like lead last year, so it's surprising to see. And this. he had a big like you know start to the year too, mm-hmm. winning the belts and everything like that. Um, so, but yeah, no, I'm surprised by that. Um, I'm surprised, like I said before, with Osprey. Um, I'm interested to see how they book Moxley the rest of the G One mm-hmm. too. Like, are they going to put him over strong? Um, you know, you know how. You know, is he going to take many losses? So I'm curious to see, you know, what they're what he's willing to do and what they're willing to do with that. I want them to build Naito up more, so because I want there to be a big match between Moxley and Naito, not just like, oh, this is Naito's just first win or anything like that. Yeah, but don't you think Naito just on name alone is you know it's yes. still going to be a huge match mm-hmm. between those two? So, um, but yeah, and they can make it a big deal. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I feel like Naito's story is obviously not done. I feel like he's going to go on a streak eventually, you know, maybe even starting next match. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I, I'm still surprised by Osprey being, you know, only having two points right now. So I really, just the way they've been building him up, you mm-hmm. know, and like I said, he's been my favorite wrestler of the, this year. I was expecting bigger things for him, you know, and then there's plenty of time. There's still like a fucking month <laughs> left. <laughs> This is only the beginning. Yes. Yes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, but that's wrestling, man. Yes. We made it. We survived. <laughs> we somehow. survived. Thank God. It was a busy week. <laughs> All right. Any other news in the wrestling world? Well, we finally got The Fiend in WWE. That's right. Um, what did you think about Bray Wyatt's debut? Um, in ring debut. I actually love all the effects. I think that was done very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lighting going off on him. The sound effects. I liked what they did with the music. Mm-hmm. I hope they do that with other wrestlers' music. The music started to like slow down and kind of get all wonky and everything mm-hmm. like that. I thought that was a nice touch. So, um, yeah. And just, uh, it seems like he's going to be wearing that mask. So, I mean, God bless them, because that thing has to be hot in the ring. The the rumors are that they're going to treat the Fiend almost the way that they treated um, the Demon King. So, where, are you going to go back and forth between, like, Bray is Bray? I'm assuming so. And maybe they have, like, a whole different style between the two characters. Because we were kind of speculating on that mm-hmm. before. Um, I feel like that could work as long as they are invested in the character and they're willing to put him over. Like, actually push him. No fucking mm-hmm. 50-50 booking. Don't, like, sp- just establish Well, the rumors that the, that the Fiend will be unbeatable for the, like, uh, for the future going forward. But I don't want to see Bray getting fucking beat, like, night after night, you know? Um, you know, let him at least get... So do you, want, do you want this to be the first feud, like, between him and Finn? I'm not interested in it, but, you know, with him wanting to be written off, um, I feel like it makes sense. Because I'm wondering if he's going to jump someone else next week. I would like him to just be jumping people all That's what I, I would like to see. You know, almost kind of like what they used to do with the brood at first, where they do those random, like, blood mm-hmm. baths and shit. Um, just have them, like, just no rhyme or reason coming out and attacking people. And you know what? Next week is the Raw reunion. So that'd be a good place to do it. Maybe attack a legend or something like that. Um, 
because God, they've got plenty of legends on there, like like yeah. forty people. It's like, what are you doing? It's now. Am, am I missing a? Is this like a re- no. a date for anything? Nope. No. Nope. Um, it was a USA idea to okay. bring up radiance. Is pretty much what it sounds like. That's why I was confused. I'm like, it's not like um. It sounds like something they should have done for like the the first SmackDown on Fox or something. I'm still, I'm sure they'll do a version of that. I guess you know, um, but yeah, no, it, it just just to have it. It just sounds like it's going to be an abysmal show. Just it could be fun, um, as long as they. Okay, <laughs> I'm saying I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, which is anything new, but <laughs> part of me is like. Every time that they have these legends in the ring, they just make everyone else look so bad, mm-hmm. especially on the fucking mic. You know, it's like, oh, this is what a superstar looks like, you know? Um, you know, someone who, you know, can, you know, cut a promo and, you know, shine on the mic. They just always, it's like, oh, oh, yeah, I remember this. Um, but at the same time, if it brings eyes to the show and they actually, like, if they are going to do this, then they need to, like, start a major storyline. Use this to get eyes on the show and then start a big storyline, you know, to, you know, you know, get the ball rolling on something here. Um, they won't do that. No. You know, this is just probably a quick fix for them. But if it could help jumpstart Bray even more so, you have them take out, like, Hogan or something like that. How fucking awesome would that be? That would really, I mean, people are already talking. You know, mm. it was definitely one of the best things on Raw last week. Um, but how many people would fucking, you know, tune in to see fucking Bray attacking Hogan like that? You know, <laughs> how many YouTube hits would they get? You know, mm-hmm. so, or even like Stone Cold or something like that. You know, I don't think he would allow it, but <laughs> have the APA poker game get That's sent to That's what's going to happen. That's all that's going to happen. Like all these wrestlers, like all these wrestlers are just going to be in the back for uh-huh. that goddamn poker game that happens every time they do a reunion. <laughs> and the segment's just going to end up with Simmons saying damn mm-hmm. at the end. That's all it is. You know, the only people who are going to get any like worthy time is going to be HBK, uh, Steve Austin and Flair, yeah. you know. And Flair is like a maybe. So, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to think. Oh, there is a rumor right now that they are negotiating for NXT to get a Wednesday night show on one of the Fox channels. Mm. So, more counter-programming. Um, obviously, we've heard the rumors that AEW is supposed to be going on Wednesday night on TNT. So it's very interesting that you know, you know, they're supposedly not worried, but you know, their actions are saying otherwise. So that 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 is a huge rumor right now. So and I think you know that's great for NXT. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but if I have the network, I know I can watch that show. So it's not gonna stop me from watching it. But what if they pull it from the network just so that they can have it on Fox? Oh, that would suck. Mm. I think that's one of the like buying points of the network, you know. So yeah, I could see them doing something shitty like that though. Mm -hmm. But that would suck. I'd be curious to see what NXT ratings would be like because we have no idea how they do. Yeah, how they do on the network. network. I don't think they do like phenomenal or anything like that, but. You know, it'd be interesting to see if they were in like a time slot where you had to watch at that point, you know, mm-hmm. how they would do. So, um, but yeah, that's going to do it for this week, man. Yes. I'm fucking exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, well, before you go, we want to mention uh, dramacityproductions.com. That's our network. Definitely head over there after this episode. Check out all the great podcasts there to listen to. It's us and plenty of other great guys, so definitely check it out. That's right, and make sure you check us out on all your favorite podcast platforms. Um, And while you're there, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of our favorite podcast platforms to be on right now is Podcoin. That's right. They pay you to listen to podcasts. (laughs) Get digital currency um, while you listen. Yes. And you can do whatever you want with that digital currency. You can use it on great gift cards, Amazon, Target, Starbucks, or you can go ahead and be a great person and give it to charity. It's up to you. And if you sign up today and using that promo code NERDSHOW, you can get 300 coins to get all those phases, all those awesome things that we just said. That's right. You're welcome. Yes. (laughs) Remember, Nerd Show is the code. That's right. Once again, they pay you to fucking listen. Jesus Christ. And Christian, a huge weekend's upon us. It is the San Diego Comic Con. We are here and we are going to be getting tons of news. So if you want to keep track of all the happenings this weekend, make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. We'll be posting shit left and right as the news drops. So if you want to keep in tune with all the latest nerd news, give us a follow. Yes, definitely a worthy follow. Also, if you want to support us in any way, you can go over to ProWrestlingTees.com. Find some awesome merch. We've got plenty of t-shirts for you to buy. That's right. Get your nerd swag on. Yes. All right, Damon. And who are they listening to right now? That is DJ Greg. Um, he's an awesome follow over on Instagram. You can go ahead and also follow him on SoundCloud. Um, he has great music up there that you can download for free right now. Yes, the Greg Brebner. Definitely check him out. That's right. And if you like the intro at the beginning of the show, that's Them Guilty Aces, a great Chicago rockabilly band. Um, they got tons of music up on iTunes, lots of videos on YouTube. And if you're in the Chicagoland area, go ahead and check out a show. They play one almost every weekend. Yes. So a great band, great music, and awesome guys. All right, uh, that's going to do it for the show. I think next week, as you mentioned before, San Diego Comic Con news to talk about. Plenty of that going around. That's right. And then we'll also have part two of our Stranger Things review. Yes, so definitely tune in. All right, my name's Christian. And my name's Damon. And that's The Amazing Nerd Show. Good night. Today, of course... As much as it was making a statement with our unique brand of wrestling, I think the most important statement that we made today is that we are doing something for this community. And it's by your selfless contributions that we have raised over $150,000. So thank you very, very, very much. I know, of course not. (laughs) We're in a bit of conundrum, however. As much as I would love to sign you guys off and bid you adieu, today just feels a little inappropriate. So, as much as I would love to say goodbye and good night, I think today we just leave it at goodbye and good night. So if you guys could do that for me, do me a kindness, I shall bid you adieu. You know what? Okay, let's have a little bit of fun with it since we're off the air. Today, we're gonna substitute the word bang with boing. Ain't no one ever got in trouble by bouncing around, folks. So, 
Without any further ado, we're gonna give this one a shot. It may make it to TV, it may not. I must bid you adieu. So, goodbye, smooch, and good night, boing. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a good night. Thank you for making this such a special evening, for enduring the heat, and for donating once again to a great, great, clear? great cause. Drive home safe. Thank you very, very much.